running out of time Cause I can see the sunlight up the sky So I hit the road and overdrive Baby I'm, I'm, I'm going through a drought You don't even have to do too much You can turn me on with just a touch Baby Manchester United, the, the real United. You've seen United now, fuck off home. You've seen United now, fuck off home. What are you doing, Martin? Am <laughs> <laughs> um, I on mute? No, yes, I am on mute. I can't hear what's happening. Yes, now I can hear you, I think. <laughs> All right, lads, let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, absolutely delighted with, with uh, the uh, win. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, how's everybody? Pete, let's start with you. Well, uh, buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Um, I, I was nervous coming into the game today uh, because you never quite know what will happen. But I've been confident all week. Spoke to Chris on one of the way days about it. Been confident all week, but you get that those nerves before the game. But I tell you what, after two minutes, those nerves disappeared because we floored them. Absolutely floored them. Demolition job. Um, oh. Buzzing, buzzing. Can't wait for Wednesday. Let's go. Richie, Richie without the beard. Is that is that Richie? It's just yeah, a little bit of stuff out to get, get, get some fresh air to the skin, but I am fucking hunky-dory, mate. What a hunky fucking dory. game. Not just a decent pack of the crisps. Martin, <laughs> how are you? I'm good, mate. That was one of the best games of the season. Um, I, I wasn't... Uh, I think from kind of midweek, I was getting a bit of chip from... Manx that I work with, um, so I'm quite looking forward to going in tomorrow and tell them all to feck right off. So I will uh, I will strut in like Vince McMahon in a meme tomorrow morning at about half seven uh, with some format of black and white on and uh, thoroughly enjoy the day taking the piss out of them. So yeah, no, it was good. It was a cracking match. Um, full control all the way through. Happy days. Great. Happy days. Happy days. Uh, yeah, no, no. You, de- you deserve that, Martin. To go in and rub it in, rub it in tomorrow. Yeah. Chris, yeah, how are you? A fair bit. Apart from the toothache, how are you? Ah, <laughs> uh, mate, yeah, I've got a vendor's toothache. Um, but no, um, you know, that, that win certainly cheered me up. And um, yeah, I forgot I had toothache for about 10 seconds twice during that match when uh, when we scored. And um, yeah, just brilliant. Like, you know, as Martin said, it certainly that that felt... that The last time I had a feeling like that when Newcastle won was probably the Arsenal game. Just in terms of the way that we dominated and the way that we just played them off the park. For the split second, I did think, oh, if only we'd done this at Wembley. But forget that. It's done. It's happened. Um, so yeah, absolutely delighted, Daz. Absolutely delighted. Who is breaking news? Ooh. Breaking news, breaking news. Potter's been sacked by Chelsea. What? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. 
Yeah, look we'll at, just we'll, start we'll, with Drake there on Sky. We'll, we'll get we'll get around to that towards the, the end. Uh, look at let's let's get into the game. Uh, Man United fans, I know everywhere your boys took one hell of a beating. Right, let's get into it. Um, the team news. Any surprises? I suppose an unchanged side. Um, and uh, with a very healthy-looking bench with Jay Seven, Gordon, Wilson, and Anderson on the bench, it was it was time to unleash our re- revenge. Uh, Pete, any thought on, on the, the lineup? The only surprise was that Jolinton wasn't starting. We were adamant. All <laughs> we thought he'd start, didn't we? Jolinton was going to start. And, uh, yeah, surprised. But then again, you know, Eddie Howe showing his authority. If a team's played well, and, and we were excellent against Forest, let's not forget. Um, he, 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 he kind of rewards them with the place on the, place on the team. Um, and, yeah, fair play to him. But you know, even with Jolinton on the bench, you still look at that team, you still think, you know what, there's enough there to still win the game. Like it, it, it was uh, so. It wasn't a big d- disappointment or shock to me. I was just like, you know what? Let's roll with it. Let's go. Richie, just pretty yeah, over what Pete mentioned. Obviously, we when we did the Sean the other night. We pretty much all thought that uh, Jordan would come back in, um, and it would be you know the alternate between Willock and Jordan uh, down that left hand side. But you know, as Pete also mentioned. You know, you can also reward a, a, a winning side, and why not change? You know, to stay as it was, and uh, fair enough. You know, with good strong bench, we used the bench well, which obviously we'll get into it. Uh, but yeah, d- deserve to stay like that, obviously, for for, for the winner from last time. Marty, Chris, something you want to say about the team? Or we move on. Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't. I think the only discussion was as Pete and ourselves were chatting about earlier in the week that Joel would probably we thought he'd come straight back in. It was just where, if anywhere, but I think, yeah, look, Eddie obviously held his own, kept the same team. And I think the first, certainly the first 45 minutes showed that he was uh, just in doing that. We, we should have been certainly a couple of goals, if not 3-0 up by half-time, Daz, me and you were texting. So we had a half full of chances. So, yeah, no, team team, team choice was right. And it was nice. I think we put the chat. It was nice to have such a strong-looking bench, yeah. um, probably for the first time in a long, long time. Chris, yeah, Anthony. the only yeah, the only thing I'll add to that, mate, is just um, I I think I wrote this in our group chat, just saying like I'm surprised how surprised I was that we didn't change the lineup. Um, you know, I, I think we'd all discussed it, didn't we? Saying you know, Joe Linton surely will come back in, um, and then when he didn't, I was a bit like, oh god, and then I thought, well, actually, you know, we just won two on the spin, so like, would it have been wise to change the team? So it 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 was the, well, it was the correct call, wasn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's get into it. Let's go to the first half. Let's spin through the first half. Uh, right. First up, six minutes. Long stuff. Chance to control it well. But a bit of a weak volley. The good pressing from Newcastle, as always. Man United <coughs> under pressure right from the off. Uh, Twelve minutes. Uh, Warhurst uh, had a shot. They hit side netting. Uh, tackle. There was a tackle. Uh, on, on, there was a challenge on Bruno. It should have been a free kick actually as well for that chance. Move on. Fifteen minutes. Murphy cross, uh, Isaac header, uh, save with the The follow up from Willock, uh, it's again saved by the uh, Willock should have put buried at, at that stage. Uh, 18 mass, long staff header uh, from an ASM cross, just went wide. 37 mass, long staff shot uh, from outside the box, 
wide. Uh, 39 minutes, Willock shot over the bar. Isaac got the touch and then ASM passed to set that up initially. 42 minutes, Isaac shot. Um, um, Martinez block. Um, shouts for handball, but no, his hands were, were down by his side. Uh, but all in all, that first half, we should have been... Uh, you said 4-0 up, Martin. I said 6-0 up. We should have yeah. been ahead. We, we thought would it would be one of those days that was going to come back to bite us. But uh, um, thoughts on the first half? Uh, Chris, I'll go with you first. Um, I think it was just a it was just a half of frustration for me. I mean, you know, played absolutely brilliantly. Um, you know, the, the the players were clearly responding to the atmosphere. The atmosphere was electric, or it looked electric at the start of the game. You know, where all the fans getting behind getting behind the players. Um, I, I thought in general the first half performance was good. I just worried that you know. Um, Man United would capitalise on those missed chances. I mean, Joe, Joe Willock should have had two. Um, really, we should have got in at half time at least two nil up, if not more, as you say. You and Martin said, does. Um, I just, I, I, I was, I was worried second half because I hoped that we would maintain the intensity. I hope that we'd still come out battling. We've seen this season, you know, one really good half and then one where we don't quite look the same. But I, I thought we managed the game well for the entire ninety minutes. Um, the players were switched on, the players were committers, and I think we saw Luke Shaw at the end of the game say that Newcastle wanted the game more. Um, and that, that's the impression I got, certainly, from watching it. But no, first half, first half performance was really good, really positive. The only thing was we were lacking um, that killer instinct in front of goal. Cool, Chris. Mark? Yeah, look, we should have been a half full up. I thought <clears throat> um, there was nothing... From Man United, nothing going forward. They couldn't defend. The hair looked shaky. We were getting in behind them, creating all the chances. And I think, like you, does, we were texting, going, "Oh Jesus!" Like you know, we we'd hit the bar, we'd hit the post, we'd, you know, two two fantastic saves from the hair from from Willock, and then the the initial header from from Isak. We should have been, or we were all over them. We should have been dead and buried at half time, but we just weren't clinical enough. But I think it was good to see kind of came out second half, and we we. Up, up the ante again. So, the first half game should have been dead and buried. Should have been all over. We just couldn't finish. But yeah, good half. Yeah. Um, Richie, want to comment on any of the chances from the first half, or anything you want to want to say? I think the obviously the, the long staff shot was a phenomenal effort. It was it looked in all day from the way the cam- camera angle. Uh, and got it. I was just waiting for the net to bulge in that top uh, left hand corner. Um, but I think the one that was the, the the clear chance of the half was the uh, the Isak header that obviously uh, De Gea made a fantastic save, um, and obviously I think I don't understand why Willock didn't go with the obviously he's just he's just obviously trying to get to run, but if he goes with his right foot, I think it goes in. Obviously he got he went went with his left and it hit pretty much straight back to to uh, De Gea, but I think that was probably the chance of the first half. I think we really needed the if that had gone in, I think. You know, it could have been any score in the second half. I just, I think that was the that was the one chance you think if it's not going to be our day, that was going to be the one sort of thing. Where, you know, where games that haven't gone for us before in the past, uh, and it just seemed to me when that was happening, you thought, is it going to be one of those days again? But fortunately, it didn't matter uh, after the second half performance. Cool, Pete. Anthony the your eye in the first half, or any anything, any comments you want to make in the first half? I know that we, just that we battered them. We absolutely battered them from minute one, um, and you know what we, want, what we wanted to see. We wanted to see a reaction. We wanted to see whether 
this team was up for it. I'd mentioned on away days, mentioned on the previous show on Loaded Mag, the reaction to Man United coming to St. James's Park was going to tell me personally a lot about where we're going in the next 11 games after this. And the way we started told me that it almost, it gave me before World Cup vibes. It almost reminded me of the performance against Chelsea at home at St. James's Park, where we went at the throats, we went at them, we didn't stop, we kept pressing, we, we, we pushed them back continuously. And that's exactly what we saw uh, right from the get-go. And it was almost like we saw a little bit of maturity about our play. I was really impressed. You know, we, we, we've gone gung-ho in games before the World Cup and then being you know, caught out with a little bit of possession against us and, and chances given away here or there. But we had a real maturity about the way in which we played and I was, I was really impressed with that. Um, and it kind of leads on into the second half. I don't know if you wanted to talk about the second half a little bit. We might, we might mention it, Pete. We might mention that second half. Let's get into it. Uh, let's go for... Um... 57 minutes, sure, uh, long shot. Um, we didn't seem to be as uh, or at the same intensity at the initial stages of the, of the first half. Then Eddie Howe looked like he was going to bring on three subs uh, right in one go, but it didn't happen. Uh, he, that was on the 62 minutes because on the 64 match, uh, what happened? Uh, we had uh, Isaac, um, lovely move, lovely skill from Isaac. To, to Bruno uh, and uh, ASM crosses the ball in. Willock gets these headers. 1 0 Newcastle. Uh, Joe Willock with the goal. I've been tipping them to score for the last two games. He finally does it. He, he does, it does eventually come. Uh, so nice, nice to see that. The great little celebration there with, with the corner flag. And uh, yeah, uh, he, he, yeah, there was a bit, he got, got too carried away there with the celebration. I don't know what he was doing there. That was really getting into the celebration. Martin, you know what he was doing there. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't get into that. We'll, we'll go with this picture for the, for the celebration. That's uh, a, yeah. Oh, that's an Henri homage there, that one. But that's, for, a, for... that's a celebration Henri used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It was. I saw I saw a couple of tweets about that. But yeah, we have to play the obligatory uh, Willock celebration goal. Uh and for me, I'm going to tell my story here first because watching this, uh, this game with, with my little boy is the first time he watched a game all the way through. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, after, after um, the last time actually he watched the game all the way through, he's probably about one. And Paris, uh, Iosi Paris scored, scored a hat trick. But so he's, he's a good look champ. Um, but yeah, so he watched the whole game through. He after when Willis scored, he dived across the, the floor on, and slid in his knees. And uh, then we had to do a little celebration as I put into the chat. Do you guys thought <coughs> what it sounded like? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, share that little moment. What was was nice? Uh, uh, get, uh, getting a win against Man United, but little Fab Romano there does. Yeah, <laughs> Richie, let's go to you first on your your thoughts on the goal. I thought it was a uh, it was phenomenal build up play by Newcastle. Um, I think it's that ball that gets played in the East, like that that touch that gets him away from the defender. And just gives them that extra half a yard before. You could see the run that was getting made. And that's the difference when you've got players of exceptional quality in your team. That little touch through ball for Bruno was inch perfect. And it was, you know, just so he, it was, the pace was right. Um, just so that Bruno could run on it and just float that ball, set you know, right to the back stick. And, um, you know, fair dues to, to, to Maxi, do you know what I mean? To, to not not give up on it and um, keep it in and put it back into the danger zone, 
uh, and it was a lovely, fantastic. He'll always take the assist, but it's probably one of the, uh, the most unusual assists that Maxi will ever get uh, this season. But I don't think any one of us cares. But do you know what? Uh, Willock said in his interview afterwards, he said, I couldn't miss from there. And, and sure enough, he didn't. So it was, uh, do you know, it doesn't make a difference whether it's spectacular or it's a yard out and it's a head end tap in. Couldn't care less. That that goal made so, so it meant so much to the team, the fans. You know, I think the relief. You know, I, I actually got told off the way I reacted. Yeah. No, what I didn't react like that does. That might be what was going on in your house, but not in our house. Um, <laughs> no, I did get I did get told off for the the, the reaction for the the fact that the cat nearly uh, clawed the son to bits because he had hold of him. Uh, but uh, no, you know, just the relief around the, the crowd, the crowd as well is just like all that. Vent up frustration that we had from um, five weeks ago. Uh, obviously, we were in the final. Just it all seemed to be, you know, everyone just seemed to release it at the same time. And it was like it, it, we, we finally scored this season against Man United, and you know, it could be the most one of the most telling victories that we have this season. Um, in our push for the Champions League places. Cool, Pete. Your thoughts on Willock's score? Um, I put a tweet out yesterday, saying how superb Man, uh, Man City's goal was against Liverpool. Um, their first one, their equaliser. For me, that's just just as good, if not better. The build-up play, the passing, it, the way the way we pass sometimes as a team, it's like telepathy. We pass into spaces where we're not even looking well, where we're passing, but we know a player's going to be there. Um, and Man United just couldn't cope with it. They tried to overload us. We can play through the press. Um, and we did exactly that, and and look, we we cannot we cannot uh, discard the the touch and the movement from Isaac. It wasn't the first time; it won't be the last. The guy is phenomenal, honestly. I just enjoyed watching watching him play as well. He, like he, he's on the way to being world class. Uh, on it, he really, really is. And he didn't even score today, but he was so, he was sensational. That little deft touch. The ball, when, yeah, when it gets kind of, it almost gets deflected into him and it's spinning um, and he just kind of, his first touch just kills it dead. Bang, one touch, two touch, through ball. Just outstanding. Ball to the back post. Um, Maxi being exactly where he needs to be. Um, and we'll talk about Maxi and other players as we go on, but he was exactly where we needed to be. Great header back, back across goal. And look, we've talked about it. We talked about it last week. If Willett keeps getting into the box and putting those chances away, he'll be he'll be wearing the three lines for England. There's no doubt about it. He is a top top player um, and was outstanding again today. It's it, Pete, I was going to say it's interesting what you said at the very start. Your comment there about yeah, Newcastle playing balls and they just seem to know where people are. I don't know about you, for, for when obviously I'm watching the game now, I can see where they're going to pass next as well because obviously we watch them every single week and you can see you know what Newcastle. It, it, it seems, for me, it seems to be like, obviously, and I don't know if you are the same way, when you look at it from a coaching perspective, you're thinking, surely teams must be able to combat it by now because if we can, you know, see it, what they're going to do, how can't they? They've got so much more experience, but for some reason, they're just, they're so fast with it as well that that's teams why. cannot deal that's with that's it. Why, that's why, that's exactly right, Richie, is that teams know what you're going to do, but can't do can't deal with it. Why? It's because it's passed into areas where, it's literally one-touch football. You go back and watch the game today, the amount of one-touch football we played at tight spaces, like, you can't deal with that. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how good you are defensively. You, you, you cannot deal with that type of one-touch football. And, and, and 
at times today, that type of football uh, for pockets, not consistently, because we're not there yet, but it was on the level of what Man City do. One touch football, in, out, in, out. You can't get near them. And that goal was proof of that. We played out of a tight space on, the, on our attacking right-hand side. Bang, into the middle, into Isaac, goal. After three or four touches, bang. It's no messing. Um, and it's just, it's amazing to see. And, you know, it, it just shows how much we've grown as a team over a short period of time. Because that's two or three years worth of development that we've done in a year's time. And we're producing that football now. Brilliant. Well, Pete, Mark, let's go to you. Can I, before we go to can I just check you're wearing pants, Martin? Do you know the rules? No pants, shorts today. <laughs> the, sun, the sun was out. The sun was out my side of uh, my side of Ireland, as so I was pottering around, um, kind of tidy and clean and doing a few things. Made Sunday dinner while the match was on. Kind of had that on in the kitchen, a couple of beers while I was working away. So yeah, I just had just the shorts today, Daz, but it's okay. It's okay. Well, uh, it's okay. Cam- cameras high enough up, there'll be no um. Sneaky worms on TV. We'll be fine. And your thoughts on uh, Willock's goal? Yeah, uh, do you know what? I'm delighted for him. I think you know one of the things I'd said on a couple of the shows is, you know, can we have COVID? But you know, can we have COVID Joe back um, when he was in that vein of form and he was scoring and he was just he was just class. And I think that's coming back. I think he's he's probably taken a little bit of time kind of post World Cup to get that confidence level back up. But I think when he when he's on his game, I, I don't think there's many better than him. As as Pete said, I think you know he he'll he'll get an England call up at some time if Southgate stopped picking favourites instead of form players. You know, he he should get a he should get a call up. But uh, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was unlucky not to have had a couple of goals in the first half. I think his all all round play and his box to box um down that left hand side at times. Man United had no answer for him. And I think there's a lot of teams will have no answer for him because he is that that good a player when he's on his game. So I thought the goal, he he you know, he's making those breaks, he's in the box, he's there the right time. And look, for me, a player is gonna miss chances. I'm more worried that they're there to miss the chance than not there to miss the chance because some point the chance will come and they'll put it away. And I think Willock has shown that now the last few games. He's uh, he's starting to convert. So yeah, I thought he was top notch today. Class player. Class is right. Chris, your thoughts on Willock's goal or anything around the builder? Yeah, do you know what, mate? The main the main thing for me was probably the build up. I think Pete hit the nail on the head. It was that that exact touch. Like it was just unbelievable. It looks people may not talk about it that much, but when you when you watch it back, like to control the ball as he did, and as again as Pete said, the, the spin, he just made it look really simple. Like the ball through no, the middle, Chris. When you when you seen the replay on Sky from yeah. behind the goal, when Isak plays the ball, Luke Shaw is right beside him and turns and has absolutely no clue where the ball even is. Yeah. Let yeah. alone that that's that's gone in behind him and in behind yeah. the back four, and Bruno is free. Just yeah. ridiculous pass and movement. It, it, it's crazy, isn't it? And you know, without being disrespectful, you know, like a, a Chris Wood doesn't do that. That's what you pay sixty three million for because it was that moment which all of a sudden put Man United on the back foot. Because if you'd have, if you'd have freeze-framed that and slowed it down and went, will there be a goal or will there not be a goal from this movement? You'd just be like, nah, you can't score from there because it'll either bounce off him, it'll ricochet. But instead, he's got that, he's got that composure and that skill to be able to take a touch, get it under control and then lay it off, ball in the box, maxi, fantastic header back. 
Um, and then you know the seeing seeing there the ball at the back of the net is just brilliant. Um, and what I, what I loved as well uh, before we before we move on, what I, what I love is um, how we still kept going. We weren't satisfied with that one nil. Yeah. Even Gary Neville on the on the commentary was saying Newcastle can smell another goal. The the the, the baying for it because they knew that you know as soon as we make this two nil, it's game over. And um, and the lads went out and did exactly that. And uh, it was just it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Okay, let, first before we move on with the, the rest of the, the the game, let's just remind people to hit that like button. And also, we are 750 subscribers away from 6K. So you know what to do. Wow. You can do it tonight. There'll be, there'll be potentially 4,000 people that will, will watch this video in over the next week. So you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And make sure you hit that like button as well. And... There's our famous, our famous back from the early days, our little banner on, on that. I love it. I love it. Let's go on. But, right. Dan, just just yeah. before you just before you go on really quickly, I think Bobby put a comment on further up. And um oh, I, I think I've missed it. So he put Maxi passionately kissing the badge after the goal. Um um, all his supposed issues at the club are way of a blow. Um, not necessarily focused on Maxi, it was both of them. It was Willock and Maxi. They had a little spell to, just as the goal went in and they finished celebrating. Um, Willock had done his celebration where he was holding on to the, the, to the corner flag, doing his Henri homage. Um, but then him and Maxi were both there, both with a, with a badge, kissing the badge and pointing to it, to the Gallagate. If that doesn't show you commitment and passion to the team for both Willock and ASM and the rest of the players, like nothing will, uh, those guys are 110% committed to what Eddie Howe is trying to do to this club. I just thought I was a really, we didn't get to see enough of it. It was only a snapshot because Sky just typically just move on and don't let us enjoy those type of moments. But um uh, it, it was a real, really nice little snapshot and it just tells you how much these boys the whole team care about. <clears throat> cool. I hope uh, Graham Bailey was watching today. That's all I say. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, right, 75 minutes. Uh, no, sorry, first of all, then the subs were made. Uh, so J- J7 comes on for ASM. Go- uh, Gordon comes on for Murphy. Uh, 75 minutes, Gordon across the box. Isaac was 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 wrecked at that stage actually. So, but uh, he, he if he started his run earlier, you can't really stand bad on him. But if he started his run earlier, he might have got to it. Um, seventy-five minutes again, the corner. Um, a big show. A big Joe uh, hit. Uh, got onto the header. Hit the bar. Shar headers wide. And of course, Shar got uh, got was down twice with a head injury. Uh, today. Always, it's awful that he gets those injuries, but always good, good sign for us uh, that we might get to get a win. Uh, sub, then Isaac off, Wilson on. Uh, 82 minutes, Willock off, Anderson on. Uh, 87 minutes, um, free kick, Karen Trippier as a lineup, Wilson. Uh, up steps, uh, Wilson, header back in the net, uh, Wilson 2 0, Newcastle. Any any doubt you had in your head at that stage, then uh, that that uh, that Man United may click, uh, get, get the equaliser went right out the window. Uh, we knew we were, we were going to win at that stage. But uh, Mark, I'll go to you. I think next uh, first on that one. Your thoughts on Wilson's goal? I think it was. <clears throat> I think again, set up play was was good. The ball in from Trippier was so flat, so hard to defend. Um, Rashford like. One of the things I don't get as much as 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 much as 
the Manchester Reds were kind of trying to chase the game. I don't. I didn't get Ten Hag's substitutions fucking at all, taking off all the centre backs. So they left their back four with no height whatsoever. So you know, it worked out great for us. But I thought it was a bit, a bit ludicrous from them. You know, kind of showed a little bit of desperation for me. Um, but the ball in look from trips, you know, you're just going to get quality. Um, you know. There's a little little Sly Shearer-esque kind of push on uh, Rashford, just a slight nudge by Wilson. Just a tap in the back, just to make sure his number 10 on the back was stuck on properly. Just just making sure it was okay. I think, I think they were just trying to check that he was actually real and it wasn't like a hologram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was that. It was just, you thought it was a hologram because he'd done shit all, all game, so he was yeah. just checking. But go. yeah, all good header. And I think nice, nice to see Wilson score because... Look, yeah. you know, he made the point in the interview um, when he when he was stood with his dad, Dan Byrne. He didn't, you know, he didn't, uh, no striker wants to sit on the bench. No player wants to sit on the bench. Um, so I'm pleased he came on and scored. Um, I think I think we will see more and more of that from Wilson coming on from the bench. I think I think Isak will be our main striker, I would think, for the rest of the season start. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a bit leggy towards the back end, but look, he was he was on internationals as well. So I think that's a bit understandable. Um, but uh, look, Wilson's a great goal scorer, but Isaac is just fucking different gravy altogether, in my opinion. Different, different gravy. Nice, different nice. Gravy. The end of there. Uh, uh, Chris, we'll go to you next on Wilson's goal. I was I was delighted for him. Um, I know he's had he's had a few um, he's had a few knockers in the past weeks. Me being one of them. Um, and today, you know, he came on. He looked focused. He looked ready. Um, and you know that that was a typical striker's finish. That was like Alan Shearer esque. It was you know a little bit of a little bit of gamesmanship, little little push just to get that extra yard. Um, and you know, finished finished it really well. I bought to hey yeah. I remember uh, Pete when we did um, we did away days. And um, Dan was saying, you know, that, that one of De Gea's biggest flaws is that he doesn't come off his line. And, and yeah, when I I watched, it. yeah, oh, was it you that said it? Yeah, yeah well, I was, that was what I was saying. That was that was the big yeah. thing is that yeah. he never comes off his line. He's yeah, great yeah. for the forwards. He should have. He should have come for that. He should have come for that. But I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't come for it. But <laughs> yeah, and I thought I thought uh, Wilson took his goal really well. While whilst we're on the subject of Wilson and his second goal, I also wanted to praise Eddie Howe. Um, you know, he was ready to bring those three subs on, and then Alexander Isak done that, done that little bit of magic, and then he only brought the two subs on. And I just thought, yeah. you know what, it's good. It's, it, you know, he, he could have just been stubborn and went, no, they were the three I'm going to make. But he, he saw, he saw that Isak still had a little bit left in the tank, um, and then he brought Wilson on a little bit later. And I thought that I thought that was really good, uh, really good management from um, from Eddie Howe there. But yeah, great goal for Wilson, made up for him. Um, I've seen a couple of people in the chat saying Wilson, you know, start on there. Uh, on Wednesday, not sure no. about that. Not he sure about start. that. No, but um, but great to see him back amongst the goals, um, and it, that'll do his confidence the world of good. And isn't it isn't it brilliant? You know, being able to make a uh, being able to make a sub, and bringing on the likes of Anthony Gordon, Callum Wilson, Elliot Anderson. Absolutely fantastic! That bench Just, today was. I don't you know, know his really dad's going to talk about subs, for I thought Gordon was outstanding when he came on. Yeah. He's just he's starting to look the real deal. Some of his tackling, some of his play, pace, passing. I thought he had it all today when he came on. I thought he's one of one of the substitute piece aside. I thought he was one of the best players on the park from the time he came on to the time he went off. 
Daz, just bring that uh, that team sheet up again, just so we can have a look at those subs. Yeah, sure. Here they are. Boom. Yeah, I mean, the likes of Anderson, Target, Wilson, Gordon, Joe Linton, even Lascelles, you know, and Dubravka, you know, really, they are pretty strong players, obviously, in the summer, the likes of Richie and Mankio, we probably won't see them on the bench next season, but that's 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 really not a bad bench at all. Really not. No, no. Not badly. Long uh, a long way from where we used to have our bench. But uh, mm-hmm. Pete, let's go to you next for uh, your man Wilson's goal. Yeah, you know what? He's kind of um, he's proved me wrong, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm loving I'm loving the fact that that he has because I think I said to you guys a couple of weeks ago um, that I didn't, I didn't believe that Wilson could be an impact player off the bench. I didn't think that was his, that was his game. Um, but you know what? He's come on and he's got his goal. He looked lively. He looked sharp. Um, he really gave Lindelof a tough time. I mean, to be fair, any of us on the panel could have given Lindelof a tough time. But he, but he, but he did. He did. He put him on the floor a few times. He was dominant um, in there. Um He's a different type of striker. He was the type of striker we needed for that latter part of the game. It was a really inspired sub. Um, and it was a great finish. You know what? He scored... I don't. I, you guys might have already said it, but he scored the exact same goal against Villa. Exactly the same goal. Right into the far corner. Um, and I think it might have even been from a trippier delivery. But... Um, yeah, it's um, it's great to see him score. You could tell his emotion, um, uh, you know, is is seeping out of him. And and for all the stick that he's got, he's on eight goals for this season, and he's still away from double figures. So you know, as much as as much as you know, sections of the fan base kind of get on his back, and some some I've, I've I've read that they want him out and they want him sold and blah blah blah. And, Shit and all this. He's not shit. Like the injuries he's are still, he's him. still a great striker. His yeah, legs are starting yeah. to go a little bit on him. Yeah, but I think you, you made a point, Pete, on one of the away days. I think I was watching he'll you know, if if we which it looks like very much we will if we keep playing, we get Europe, he'll do a season, he'll enjoy his European run because he hasn't had that before. Yeah. And I think it'll be a it'll be a he'll probably start a couple of those games yeah. um to get his swan song, but I would say a season is probably what we'll <clears> get out of him. And then he'll. I, I would. I would think he's the kind of player. If Howe is still there, you'd kind of want him in and around the coaching staff with the younger strikers and stuff, even amongst yeah. the academy and stuff, because he's got a lot to offer. I think it all yeah. depends. He's on still what a great striker. He, he is. And um, <clears throat> my my only question with him is, could he be? Like, I'm 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 with you, Mark. You said it earlier. He's 100. Um, percent Isaac is 100 percent our first our first choice striker. We always said it. As soon as he got a run in the game, a run of games under his belt, he'd be first choice. He is first choice now and should be, uh, quite rightly. But it was all a case of could Wilson hack being an impact player? Could he still make a difference? He's proven today he could. We need to see that he continues to do that. Um, if we, Because if he doesn't, then I think we will go and sign another striker. Because equally, yeah. we could get 20 million for him. But Wilson... Will want to stay and play European football. There's no doubt about it. But today he proved that he can come on and make a difference. And the fact that he's only having to go all out for 15 or 20 minutes rather than 60, 70, 80 means that it's less taxing on his injuries. It means he gets more rest time. It means you get more game out of him in the long run. And yeah, 
he might be able to extend his career at Newcastle for an extra couple of years. And there is talks about his, his contract. So let's wait and see. But a great finish um, from Wilson. And look, I think Sky even said it themselves when he ran off celebrating. The game's done. It was like, only, what was it, like 89 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever. Yeah. Was, even then, they were like, game's done. Like, yeah, they it, knew at that point what we already knew, that Man United were not going to win that game. They were not getting back in that game. You're right, Pete. Uh, it was 87 minutes, and yeah, it's amazing what you once you get your heating and your your uh, bathroom started, how how hey. life changes for you. But uh, and that that's the same villa you mentioned, Villa. That's the same villa that thinks they're getting going to Europe, isn't it? I think it could be. I think I think Rich Sutherland has has a lot, lot to say about that. But uh, our own mm. Richie, what did you make of the Wilson goal? I just thought it was once again it was another uh, phenomenal delivery by Trippier. He's I think his deliveries today were on point. Uh, we've, we, have, we have been critical of him over the last, uh, over that spell where we weren't doing really well. Um, but he seems to be working on it. And he's obviously doing it in national duty and back on the training pitch again. Um, and I know obviously that the angle was delivery for the delivery, uh, sorry, for the delivery for both these goals. But it did remind, obviously, the header was very similar to Isaks against Wolves. Obviously, going to go, you know, head, uh, head and glance to the far post and stuff out. And Wilson was exactly the same. Obviously, the angle of delivery was different but it means obviously they are working on it and trying to get a bit more rapport with Trippier and getting on the end of his deliveries. I thought the the interesting thing was though that uh, that obviously we mentioned and we thought was quite laughable that Man United took the centre halves off and they had no height in the box. Um but it wasn't even one of our sent our, our you know the, someone with a lot of height in our team that got it. It seems to be the people that had some height on Man United were compared with them and then they just left Wilson pretty much unmarked. Uh, and you can't do that, with Wilson. He's yes, he might not be as tall as some people, but he's got that you know striking instinct. He's in and around the box. Uh, he'll sniff out a chance at any you know, and he, and he got that half a yard in between both of the defenders, right on the end of it, and a lovely sublime header to the back post. Uh, fully, fully deserved as well. That's what you know. That's what you want from your striker. You want them in and around the six-yard box uh, for the ball in. Uh, fantastic header. I think everybody else has, you know, has commented on how good it was, and it was. It was a fantastic header. Exactly, Richie. Just a reminder to uh, this 2015 <coughs> watching. Make sure you hit that like button, and make sure you hit subscribe if you aren't subscribed already. So, uh, yeah, that really rounds up the the the, uh, the walkthrough of, of the game. There's a few more chances for Newcastle, but Newcastle move, move into third spot. But that's so that was two nil, two nil, Newcastle versus Manchester United. Newcastle United, Manchester United, 2-0. Um, right, some stats here as well. Uh, grab this from the, from the telly as well. But uh, anyone want to comment on, on any of these stats? I'll, I'll leave it open. Let's jump in the if only, you want. The only thing I wanted to comment on, Daz, um, I was going to jump in before, but I didn't want to interrupt Mars. Um, the commentator said, didn't he, that was the first time this season that Man United haven't had a shot on target in the first half. Yeah. And a force. Brilliant, you know that, that that summed up our first half performance. Uh, and again, if you boys seen it, I think the the shot on target was Anthony, and it was about 20, 25 <laughs> yards right, out, and it was, yeah. and it was professor. Yeah, it was professor. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was that was useful. I was I, I must admit, I was when that, when that shot there was a, that pass that uh, Rashford put through in. I think it was about what within the last fifteen minutes, and he was hoping that someone was going to run on it, and it just literally trickled straight the Pope. I'm thinking, I wonder if Man United fans will try and claim that as a shot on target as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the interesting thing with that was the XG. Yeah, was, that's the highest say, yeah. X expected goals against Man United anybody's yeah. ever put up. Yeah. 
And it should have been, to be fair, it should have been more than two. It could have been a lot more than two. No, it should, it should have been. Um, the, the one thing that stood, yeah. one thing that stood out for me uh, was well, two two things actually. Um, the, if you go back to the pitch up and the sprints, we, we talk we talk about it all season. Anyhow, the boys talk about it all season about how fit this team is. To 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 out sprint convincingly a Man United team the way we we did today, um, just shows you how fit and how sharp that we are as a team. And a lot of that would have been through our midfield, the likes of Joe Linton, the likes of Joe Willick, the likes of Sean Longstaff, Bruno Gamerius, the amount of sprints at Alan St. Maximum, for example, Jacob Murphy. You know, those boys put in a hell of a lot of effort and they just outworked, out, out, outpressed um, Man United for long, long stints. The, the, the second part to that is the possession. That possession is masked massively because I tell you what up until that first goal was scored when Willick scored our possession was a lot higher than yeah, yeah. and we were up in the that, 60s Pete yeah, yeah. We, 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 we were absolutely dominating them with possession we were all over them now naturally what happens is that we score they have to come out and they have to get more possession on them or, uh, and more and more on the ball but as we've just alluded to they created naffle. They created nothing with all the possession that they had. Then we never looked like conceding at any point. Um, and so for me, that possession there overall in terms of the game does kind of um, paper over some cracks there about how bad Man United actually were because we held the ball very, very well for long periods of that game. And um, I think if we'd have had the possession a lot higher and even on those stats, it would have looked even worse for Man United. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on from the, from the stats. Um, let's go to ratings. Ratings. Everybody's favourite. First up, Nick Pope. Uh, for me, uh, didn't have much to do, especially in the first half. Well, when he, when he was called upon, he 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 came, uh, he was there. Um, I gave Nick Pope an eight. Same, eight, eight, brilliant. Had nothing to do. More of the same, please. On Wednesday. Was, was never was never tested, was he? So quite comfortable. No. What one little kick where it kind of got away from him a little bit. And I was like, oh no. <sighs> But uh, yeah, he managed to get it back and boot it out. And, it and makes he, me a little nervy at times. Anyone different than an eight? So we'll look good this way. No, no, not different from uh, from an eight. Um, just a fantastic save from Anton. Grass <laughs> <laughs> cutter. <laughs> he was shit, by the way. Sorry, yeah. just uh, yeah. fucking guy. Yeah. Show pony. Yeah. yeah. He's Ronaldo with a shit haircut. He's, he's not even that. He's not even a show pony because he can't can't do any tricks. 85 million. Well, you can go around in a circle. That's about it. 85 million. Hey, so could we. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could do that. And they, even uh, Willock showed him up as well as the bounce of the ball in his head. A uh, little, uh, little trick that he has it going on from, uh, in the middle of the park. Uh, Rich, you were eight as well for, for Poppy? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was. Uh, if he'd had another, another shot like the Rashford, where I'd have to give him a nine. <laughs> Nice one. Right, let's move on. Let's go to trips. Um, oh, it's working the overlaps. Gets the crosses in. Got the assist as well uh, for Wilson's goal. I'm giving trips a nine. Yeah. Uh, Chris? Same. Totally agree, Daz. Nine. 
Anyone different than a nine? No, no. everyone's nine. Okay. <laughs> class. That's all. That's all we need to know. It's just class. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Right. Moving on. Let's go to Shar. Shar. Uh, pick up on Shar is organization. There was a stage there when when my when one of the few attacks they they had, and uh, Shar was like pointing. Burn, you get back in uh, covering the centre back spot where, and uh, so so Shark uh, cover where he was, uh, put his head in the line as he always does. Um, I'm giving Shark an eight. Nine for me. Nine I for thought, Pete. I thought, thought Shark was class. I thought he was class. Nines, nines from see, Richie and, see, and Chris. Did you see Callum Wilson giving it a bit of that as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, we all know he watches Loaded Mag. Uh, and you're free, so yeah, Cal, see you, mate. Great yeah, night. that's right. That's why he, uh, he's 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 um doing business with the 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 radio shed and um hits you a bathroom design call. Martin, what was your rating for Shar? I'm actually going to give Shar a 10, Ooh. and I'm probably going to give a couple of 10s, but I just think he was outstanding today. Yeah, I think he's yeah. everything you want from a player, I think he has desire. I think Pete's bit. The bit around organisation that you don't necessarily see all the time, in particular when our wing backs are pushing forward, the likes of Trips, who is the captain, Shaw steps into that. So does Burn to, to a degree, and kind of marshals that forward. And I think if you listen to the interviews after the game, Gary Neville made a really good point in comparison to the Manchester Reds back four, is that Newcastle can defend. They defend it. They defend as a unit. They work as a unit. They move as a unit. They look over their shoulders, they defend well, they head well, they pass well. So I think Shah, he just he, he puts his body on the line when he needs to. He was unlucky not Very to good. score the header um, that, that hit the post um, in the second half. But like he's just, he's not afraid to get stuck in. Oh. And I think he doesn't get necessarily mentioned as much as he should do. I think he's been one of the most consistent and best players we've had on the park this season. So for yeah. that reason, in today's game and the result, I'm going to give him a 10. Oh, that's fair enough. Cool. Is he your man of the match? No. No. Getting a 10 and not man of the match. Ooh. Right. Let's move on. Let's go to Botman. Um, I thought Botman and some class passing uh, as always. Uh, cool, calm, collective. Um, I'm going to give him the same mark though as Shark, so I'm going to give him an 8. Go higher. Um, Who's going higher? I'm, 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 doing, I'm doing bottom of the 9.5. I thought he was outstanding today. There was at least two or three occasions, particularly in the first half, there was one massive block that he did when they were throwing gold on the right-hand side and he covered his space and he didn't have a shot on gold if he had not blocked it. Yeah. He made some of his interceptions today <laughs> were crucial in very difficult like situations. And I just thought, he was back to his best. Yeah. Um, it was almost like, the, you know, the mistake against Forrest is almost kind of, it woke him up. He was very, very good yeah. after that mistake. And he was he was outstanding today. He was really, really good. And he I think, I think for me, what Botman Pete was his, his passing was class. Oh, from yeah. he's, he's, he's from side playing. to side, his distribution, his he's thought, switched. his passing, but his long-range passing from wing to wing, I thought was... He was probably one of the best passers on the pitch today. His switchball plays are unrivaled. Yeah, um, it, like, 20, 30 yard ball is unbelievable. You can't match that. Both feet as well. That's the, yeah. that's the good thing for me. He can it, ping a ball with either foot, so that's why. 
this is like I tweeted out after the game um, and this kind of you know you talked about Shaw like kind of how I feel about Botman um, Malt and and equally together this is why um, you know you've got opposition fans that talk about um, centre-back pairings and they'll talk about Arsenal's or Man United's and they'll completely discard Newcastle United. We've got the best defensive record in the Premier League for a fucking reason. Not just because we've got the best goalkeeper with the best clean sheets, but we've got the best centre-back pairing. No one can talk to me about Martinez and Varane. <laughs> yes, they might have won no. more trophies, but for me, our boys are by far better as a unit. They, those guys understand how to play football in the Premier League. They're great on the ball, but you know what? They give everything Everything. The amount of times they're throwing their body at the ball, um, their heads, they're willing to get hurt for the cause. People in England used to kind of go absolutely mad and and fall head over heels for John Terry because he used to do that. Well, Shaw and Botman do that every fucking game and get no 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 praise for it whatsoever. But you know what? Other clubs don't appreciate them. We fucking do. Best centre back pairing in the Premier League. Love it. Absolutely love it. Best defense. And they're going over. Yeah. They're, 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 they're not going over. Right. That was Bartman. Before I forget, here's the team. The, the team photo uh, that we we uh, that we always love to see. Uh, I know I'm, I'm always dying to get this picture uh, on, unloaded onto the system to, so, to, so we can have it for the show. Uh, but yeah, love it. I didn't look closely at it. Anyone stand out to you, lads? Couple Who's the little lad on here. the floor beside Bruno? Beside Bruno. Miley. Miley. Oh, ah, right? okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one. There's one behind Willick as well. There's one behind Willick, and then one at the foot. Yeah. In, is that the two brothers? Is it? Sure. Who's there's that? two, isn't there? Two Mileys, Lewis and Jamie. Jamie, there's two, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. They, they look like the brothers. It must be. See, Miggy when the goal went in as well. I don't know about you boys, but I was a little bit worried about seeing this picture because he's crouched mm. down on his thigh and I'm thinking, please don't do anything bad to your thigh. Like, you, you're only just getting back fit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just panicked for a second when I saw him sort of crouch down because he put pressure on his thigh muscles. I'm like, don't make anything pop. Like, that's the last thing we need. And of course, as always, Eddie is in the background. Uh... But yeah, love it, love it. Uh, right, let's go to Burn. Burn, uh, the, the ding dong battle with, with with Anthony. He was solid today. Uh, he got, he did get the better of him really as well. And, and of course, uh, Anthony got replaced, and on comes someone else. But I'm giving Burn an eight. I'm going to give him a nine because I think he made. He wasn't troubled at all by the two boys, and let's not forget he's not exactly blessed with loads of pace. And as a left back who's actually a centre back, he's dealt with some of the best wingers in the league all season long. And not really been embarrassed, probably maybe only the Liverpool game, he kind of probably didn't play up to his best. So I, I give him a nine. I thought he coped with Rashford and Anthony and anybody that was thrown at him today. Quite cool. easy. Anyone else? Yeah. Um maybe I'm maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Trippier. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Byrne a nine. So maybe I should have been, maybe given Trippier a, a nine point five because he got the assist. But um, you know, I'm sick of people 
saying about Anthony was going to destroy. I was I was on that Man U pod on Friday. They were talking about how Anthony was going to destroy Burn. I'm just like in my mind. I'm just like fucking hell. Like what are you talking about? Because he didn't he he, he didn't even put a put a fist on him at Old Trafford. Um, there was there was a five minute spell where he was looking dangerous a little bit, but Burn had him where he wanted him. Burn was very very good today. Very very good. Um, and he just continues to prove people wrong that when we've got a fast winger against up, uh, up against him, that we worry that he can't handle it. He's handled it every time he's had someone up against him, and he proved it again today. Um, he was very, very good. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a nine. Uh, I can't put him any different to any of the other defenders. I thought it was really good. Richie, Chris, Byrne? Nine. Nine. Chris? I I'm actually gonna because I normally I normally go the other way and I normally mark the three defenders better than Bain, but I'm gonna give Bain a nine and a half because I just thought you know he, he, I thought he was outstanding today because yes Botman looked brilliant on the ball and as Martin said pinging the ball everywhere he was Botman was unreal Shah committed to the cause throwing himself around Trippier his usual, usual leadership his assist but I just think with Bain. I think sometimes, you know, he does go under the radar and, you know, it could be easy for him to go hiding and he never goes hiding. And I thought today, you know, he was up against Sancho, he was up against Anthony and he answered all all critics. Anyone who doubts him, he answered it today. And I thought, I thought Bain was brilliant. Um, so I, I'm going to give Bain a nine and a half. Cool. Now, with that's the defence, let's go on to midfield. And of course, there is only one Bruno. One Bruno. And it's our fucking Bruno. Uh, so, uh, what what are you having for Bruno, lads? Absolutely legend today again. Uh, love the little nut bit in the Meg here at one stage oh, in the game as well. Class, I'm giving Bruno class. a 9.5, and he is my man of the match. Could have been loads. I uh, could select for man of the match, but I'm giving it to, to Bruno. Yeah, 9.5 for me. Um, Bruno Guimaraes was outstanding. Um, uh, he, he actually, for the first five or ten minutes, he wasn't really on the ball very much. He was a little bit. It was. It was quite quiet. There was a few players. I think Maxi as well. It took a took a while for them to get in the game just because of how the game went, not because they weren't playing well. But as soon as he got on the ball and he started making passes uh, go, like he just came to life and he he dominated that midfield on the ball. There was no one that could get near him. Um, they could not handle him whatsoever. And he was back to his absolute best. And he was at, back to his best against Forrest. He's continued it again today. Um, 9.5, top, top stuff on Bruno. Love to see it. Just when we need him back to his best right now. Richie, in 9.5? No, I was, I'm doing. I'm going to do a Martin. I'm, I am going to say there's a, there's a, there's a couple I get a, a 10 today. Uh, and Bruno was one of them. I just thought he was exceptional. He just... Ran that that midfield today. Uh, I would love to uh, obviously the, the results have gone in our favour now. Absolutely, but I would love to see how the battle between Casemiro and Bruno, our Bruno, would have been at, at St James's Park. Uh, to see how Casemiro would have reacted to the St James's Park and the surrounds. Because it's all right. Yes, he's, he's played in some fantastic stadiums, but sometimes they're not as hostile as that. You know, Gary Neville did say this is one of the best atmospheres he'd heard at St James's Park. From when he was playing here in the nineties, um, so that says quite a lot. Um, I think he was just outstanding. Um, the ball for the first goal, the back stick was lovely. It was floated, you know, inch perfect for uh, ASM to knock, knock it back in. 
he just controlled it. Um, it's fantastic. You see, you know, you, you see all that those passion pictures where you know he scream at the crowd, and it's amazing now how the rest is a lot. I see a lot of the, uh, yeah, how a lot of the the other players are starting to do it now as well. They, they've got the confidence in them to do it. To, you, know, you see, you see Jacob Murphy doing it. You see Joe Willock doing it. You see Isak doing it. You see Dan Byrne doing it. It's good to see that rubbing off. You know. Um, everybody wanting to get, have that crowd because they know how important that crowd is to, to how we, you know, how we play at home and they appreciate um, what the fans do for the team and how and how difficult it makes it for the opposition team. So, um, yeah, it was exceptional. He wasn't your man of the match, but uh, yeah, ten. He wasn't your man of the match. No, Ooh. interesting. Um, Martin. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, nine and a half. I think you. Uh, I kind of agree with Pete. I thought he was a little bit quiet, first twenty minutes maybe, kind of till he kind of got his foot into the game. I think after then, he was pretty much in control of the midfield, which we thought he would do. I think he kind of got more into it when Joel Linton came on. If I'm honest, I think they, that there's obviously a good connection and a good click there. He seemed to kind of get forward a bit more and put put his foot much much further forward. Um, got up the pitch higher. But I think once he kind of got into the game, he just goes about his work seamlessly. You, you actually don't think about him. And I think for that reason, you know, he's 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 a good man of the match candidate. But I think there was a couple of others today who probably haven't been the Brunos of this season, but just performed a little bit better um, throughout the game for me. So, yeah, nine and a half for Bruno today for me. I'm waiting for Ed Martin to give ASM uh, the match. That's what I'm hanging on for. Uh, Chris, um, Bruno. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. That that look, Meg was class. Like I, I think I celebrated that just as much as the goal. Um, just 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 Geordie boys taking the piss. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I I, I give um, I give Bruno a nine and a half. I agree with uh, I agree with you lads. I'd say nine and a half. Um, but he's not he's not my man of the match. But uh, I, equally, I thought he was. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. The Bruno of old. Cool. Let's move on. Let's go to Sean Longstaff. Um, always getting into the positions. And again, so unlucky. Um, he could have had a hat-trick there, especially in the, in the first half. Uh, I'm giving Longstaff an eight. Eight. Um, I give Longstaff a... I give Longstaff a nine. Um, I thought Longstaff was a very, very good today. Um, not in the ways that other midfielders and other players performed, but again, I thought he went about his business very, very well. Um, I thought he broke up a lot of things in, in midfield. Uh, I thought he covered a lot of players that were venturing forward and got back and covered areas and uh, little pockets that we wouldn't necessarily see um, or even think about. Um, and he, 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 he really does do like a lot of those kind of basement jobs that, that nobody wants to do that he will do that helps the team elevate itself to where we are at um, and I was really yeah I was really really impressed with him at times I thought he, he went about his business really really well um, Richie talked about it earlier honestly I jumped up at the screen because when he had that shot on the edge of the box that little knock back to um, Max I was like go Max you shoot shoot he plays it across and then he once I've got acres and I just expected to nestle in the, in the top corner just wide um, and it would have been j- rightly deserved because I thought he played really, really well today uh, in a different type of way to all the other midfielders. So I'll give him a nine. 
Cool. Ricky? Longstaff. Exactly the same. And nine, it's it's like Scott says, yeah, Longstaff does the dirty work so other people can play around him. He's, 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 he's a bit like, obviously, he's, he's a completely different player, but it's a bit like how David Batty was in that entertainer's side. He used to just break up play, pass it to someone else, let them get on with it. He, he just does a job and that's it. Um, and I, I, sometimes I agree, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I think he deserved that that goal in the first half. Uh, and I'd have been so pleased. It was a fantastic effort. It, it, remind, it reminds us all the goals he used to score when he used to go on alone. Because uh, he used to see all that when they had the loan highlights when he was at Blackpool and things like that. Yeah. And he was scoring goals like that for fun, uh, week in, week out. Um, and he just, I thought it was, it looked like it was going to, as I said earlier on, it was going to nest in the top left hand corner. Um, even De Gea, you know, obviously the, the, the camera went on after it went behind and he even he puffed out his cheeks. He realised how close that was. But yeah, it was a fan, uh, fantastic. But uh, and by the way, Scott, I'm not saying he what he is. David Batty is nowhere near. I'm saying David Batty did a job where he just broke up play passes and he does the dirty work as well. I'm not, I didn't say anything about it being anywhere near David Batty. I used him as an example. I didn't say they were like, like for like player or anything like that, mate. Well, you always need a player in the team that does that role. You, you look at you look, you look at Man City for example. You got um, Rodri that does that. You got Fabinho that does it for Liverpool. That just does all the dirty work and, and, and just breaks up play and keeps things ticking over for the rest of the team. So, no, I, I know what you're saying, Richie. Definitely, Chris. Let's go to you and answer. I agree, mate. Nine. Um, I thought he was everywhere. Lots of uh, dirty work, as the boys have said. Um, he was he, he was unlucky really not to finish and. Um, I just yeah, I just think I just think he's 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 changed my mind over the last few months because I know there was some doubts and we've all said, you know, he he probably needs upgrading and in time he probably will be upgraded. But for what he's doing for us right now, and you know, the fact that he's he's one of those players which I think I've spoken to Pete about separately, that you need a squad of players. And if you've got a quality player like Sean Longstaff who is happy to be in the squads, local lads you know, just buzzing to be there. If you've got that strength and depth where you bring in someone like Sean Longstaff to play in a cup game or to play in a meaningless, you know, European tie, say we've already qualified, you're more than comfortable having someone like him stepping in um, because he's a really good player. He's a good Premier League player. Um, so, yeah, I think nine. I thought, I thought he done really well today. I think one thing just to mention there, Daz, before you move on, because there's a few people have asked this question and I'll start them for later on, uh, is I think that puts that conversation we've had during the week about we saw how Longstaff and Mock Tomney would compare today. And I think Longstaff put put that nail in that coffin. He was hands down a million times better than <laughs> Mock Tomney today. Uh, he was just different class. If Mock Tomney was going to be bought to come to Newcastle, He'd be warming the bench every single week because the the the, the middle three are in there now. Get ahead of Mac Tomney, in my opinion. Joel Linton does as well, and we're looking to add that position in the summer. For me, I think the Mac Tomney has been proved even more. That's a no-brainer for me. Just leave it. Do you know? Just to add into that as well, Rich. Um, I felt a little bit sorry for Mac Tomney today because <laughs> in the first half he he was playing a bit more attacking, and then in the second half they pulled him back a bit. And I, I just felt like saying, you know, <clears throat> just just make your mind up, tell him what he's doing, and you know, to switch his roles like that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I felt a bit sorry for him today. I think it, it showed that Ten Hag doesn't trust him. In my they, they don't want him. They don't want him. It, the, the fact that they pulled him pillar to post 
Yeah, what exactly. you just said, Chris, it's exactly that. They don't want him at the club. They, yeah. They've had to play him today because um, because he scored four goals on international duty. They had to play him. Like, if they're not played him, Eric Ted Hogg would have had questions of why have you not played him because Casemiro's in, uh, um, suspended. So it was one of those things where they had to put him in the team. I actually thought, and there's a question in there for Martin, actually. Um, so Marco Palmer asked the question for Martin uh, about McTominay. But um, like, I actually thought McTominay, for the first 10 or 15 minutes, I actually thought he did all right because he was there to do a job on Bruno, which is why Bruno was really quiet. Right. He was there to play as a further forward <laughs> midfielder to sit on Bruno. So Bruno wasn't able to get the time and space that he wants on the ball. And for 10 or 15 minutes in the first half, he actually succeeded with that. Bruno was not on the ball as much as he as we would like him to be. But all of a sudden, Bruno just ups his levels and just wants moving and creating space for himself. And uh, McTominay couldn't, couldn't handle the pressure um, of that. And so I, I, me personally, I didn't. Take, I, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, he's shit, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to sign him, blah, blah, blah. Because let's face it, Eddie Howe improves players. Yeah. Eric Temple's got no intentions of improving um, um, Scott McCormick. He just wants him <clears throat> when he, yep. to buy a better material in his opinion. But yeah. there, there was that question there for, for Mark. Let's, so let's go to Mark. I'll happily answer that question, Michael Pomar. Yeah, I still like McTominay and I think he could do a job. I think Longstaff had a really good game today, so I would give him a nine. But he's not always consistent. So that, that would be my only thing with Longstaff. I think today was probably Longstaff's best performance since he played in the Southampton Cup game, where he was he was really, really good in that game. He's been consistent um, the second half of this season, but he's had off games during the start of the season. So I just look at the McTominay thing from, does he improve something else that we've got in the squad? Does he improve Longstaff? I don't know. Does he improve on a Matt Ritchie or on somebody else there? Yeah, he does. So if we're talking about, and I said this on the show, anybody that watched the show the other night, I didn't say Longstaff was shit. What I said was, if we're going to get European football and we're going to do two cup runs and a league and we want to challenge on all four, you want to build on the squad and improve. And I agree with Pete 100%. Eddie gets a tune out of players. I think me personally, and everybody else can have their opinion, think what they want. I would take McTominay, and I think he's an Eddie Howe kind of player. I think Eddie Howe will get a tune out of him. Man United clearly don't want him, so there's probably a deal to be done. And I think he bolsters and adds strength and depth to the squad. So why would you not want a, Why would you not want an international player? The only thing that stops McTominay joining Newcastle, in my opinion, is um, the price. Because Man United are going to want 40, possibly want 50 that, they million. Won't Exactly, it's, it's not going to happen. And I and Pete's mentioned it before, and I know uh, Rich does. I think I think you've mentioned it too. You know, we don't we don't want to go out and spend a big part of our budget on a player who could get in the first eleven. We want to spend yeah. that amount of money on a player who's automatically we know going to improve the eleven. Absolutely, and I, you got twenty. You got twenty back from Chris Wood, so you're only spending half of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the main thing for me was I didn't want I didn't want Man United getting strengthened by get, yeah. give, let us handing over forty yeah. million to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not worth forty million, Rich. He's not. No, he's not. I, I, it was. It was the same. With, I had the same issue with Gordon, and we end up in the overall deal. We ended up paying best part of part of forty-five million. How that structured, I've got no idea. But for me, Scott McTominay is not worth anything more than twenty-five million. That is the maximum I would pay. And you know what? Um, 
a player that I've been watching quite closely, actually, um, who I really, really like, is Scott Crom's just mentioned him, is um, Ugarte, um, a defensive midfielder at Sporting Lisbon. He, we could get for a similar price, who is miles better than him. And this is the thing that I'm, this, this is the thing that is sticking in my mind in the build-up to us talking about transfers in the summer and all the rest of it, is that we've got players like McTominay that are front and centre right now, that, oh, we're going after McTominay, McTominay, blah, 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 blah. Is oh, that what Newcastle United want us to think? That we're after McTominay to kind of sidewinders so they're going to go for their real target in the summer? Because for me, and as I think I said it to you, Chris, I don't believe that Scott McTominay is within our first five or six targets this summer for that position. I think he's way, way, way down the list, in my opinion. And I think if we get anywhere near to the targets that we want, if we've got one, two, three, potentially four that we will get before we even consider Scott McTominay. So I'm, I'm, I'm not really jumping like two foot in with, with the McTominay links, in my opinion, because I just don't think in the summer he's the type of guy that we're going to go for. Um, I, I don't know. I might be wrong with that. That's just my initial thoughts with it. Pete, uh, a quick question for you. I saw you dancing away there to some music. What are you listening to there in the background? Um, I, uh, look, everyone knows I'm a wrestling fan. I watched WrestleMania last night. They're, they're, um, I don't even know the name of the song, but the WrestleMania theme tune is in the back of my mind. And, um, and uh, I've just been listening to it just on my phone, <laughs> like, my, my, my AirPod. And I was just kind of bopping away. Uh, as, as we're talking, I'm just listening back to the game, but just bopping away to the music. But um, equally, uh, my brother tweeted on the back of tonight for, uh, for loading. He put a big sign on there that, that uh, I was also bopping away to when I, when I saw that sign. And what is what this one? Very well. Just imagine that next season, eh? More of that later. Uh, right. Willock, let's go to... Uh, come on, you Maggies! Um, shots. Uh, early shots in, in the first half were, were, were blocked. Unfortunate. He should have really put away one of those. We got his goal in, in, in the end. Great performance from, from Willock. I'm giving him a nine. Chris, we'll go to you first. Um, I'm giving Willock a ten. He was my man of the match. I've just thought he was brilliant. Like I know, I know he sh- he probably should and could have scored one or two in the first half, but he's just he's just everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere, and he he, he gives so much to this team. And you know, we we said earlier on in the show, Gareth Southgate surely got to be looking at him because he he's he's stepped it up ridiculously. Eddie Howe in the in the post match when he was talking with the Sky presenters, saying like you know he's he, he's got such an engine on him. And he just doesn't doesn't stop running, and he gives so much to the team. He drives us further up the pitch, and the next thing you see him bomb back twenty yards to, to you know to stop people who are going on the on the counter. I just I just think at the moment he's so important to our midfield. In fact, I go as far as to say he's probably our most important midfielder at this present moment, and I'm including Bruno in that. I just think Willett, he's he's everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere, and it is is his energy and his passion and. You can just see that he's coming of age, and I think I think he's you know he's got his fitness back. He's starting to you know realize his potential, 
And I think he he more than anyone is probably thinking, you know, I really want to kick on at this club. Um, so yeah, Willick will for me, 10, 10 out of 10, man of the match. I thought he was excellent. Willick Eno, what are you having? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree with Chris. I thought he was one of the, he's still not my man of the match, but I am going to give him a 10. Um, but yeah, I thought he was class. I said at the start of the show when we were, we were talking about his goal. Um, yeah, he's just, he's getting better and better. It's the, the, the Willock of, uh, the Willock of COVID. Um, so yeah, long may, long may he reign. Um, but yeah, a good, good solid 10. One of the, again, one of the best performers on the park today. Cool. Richie, thoughts on young Willock? I'm just going to keep it simple. 10, man of the match. Man of the match. Nice one. Pete? Yeah, Joseph, Jeremy, Willock. Um, <laughs> Esquire. Ten, ten for me, man of the match, easily. Um, I just, yeah, just Southgate, call him up, get him, get him called up at the end of the season. If he keeps playing like this, and I agree with Chris, I think he's so crucial to this midfield. He is undroppable at the moment, uh, just like one or two others that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Um, he is undroppable at the moment. Absolutely outstanding. Brilliant performance. Man of the match. Easily for me today. Awesome. Uh, right. I was looking for a file there, but I can't find it. Uh, right. Let's move on to Murphy. Just before we move on, I just wanted to say about Willick. And I, I'd completely forgotten. Um, but I found it really, really interesting on the, on the, on the England talk that Jamie Redknapp, when he was interviewed, actually mentioned it to him and said... It's all over it. Like, he, 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 Jamie Redknapp had said that when he looks for the England squad, he's been looking for Willett recently because of how well he's been playing. And he was like, well, when the England squad comes out and you're not in it and you look at the names and you look at your performances, which then Redknapp said, which I think have been amazing, by the way, what do you think about that? And he was like, I do look at that. I do look at it. And he, he, it's an ambition of his. Cool. We've been saying it on. We've been saying it all over this. He should be in consideration for England. He's twenty three years old. He's the future. Stop picking up players for the squad that are 33, 34 years old. They're done. Move, move on. Let's move on and let's bring the next batch of England players into the squad. Let's give them an opportunity. Stop prioritizing people like Jordan Henderson that's like 32, 33 years old. Need to change the manager. Looking, he even makes the next Euros. Like, let's change, bring change in the manager, match. and then that will happen. It's never going to happen. Well, so kids got got that. that well, it, it may well. You know what, Michael Pomer. Tell you what, if we finish in the top anywhere within the top six, um, yeah, any of those Gallagher, for example, Gallagher's yeah. better kicked the ball this season. Yeah. Bullshit. And Phillips. Phillips. Phillips in fact, yeah. the day, we've talked about Phillips as well. There is no reason why Joe Willett should not be given a, a call up at least. Even if it's a cameo appearance, so they can have a look at him at international level. He is ready. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. Some people might not agree, but me and Daz were talking about it back in November. Sean Longstaff would not be far behind him. Because you cannot deny when a team are playing and fighting for Champions League football, you cannot deny that these players are not good enough to play for England. When you're calling up Mark Gay for Crystal Palace, for example, who are fighting relegation in the bottom half of the table, and you're picking him as an England player, as a centre-back, but then you're not considering Dan Byrne that's playing in the top four of the Premier League all season and got a defensive record as good as his. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't care how old they are. It doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't make sense. And at some point, they they have to just they have to make the right decision. Joe Willett will be first. Sean Longstaff will be second. Yeah, no, and people were people were laughing at us feet. I'm sure back from November, but we said it first. Uh, yeah. Look, at, I know I know some of the lads have to have to drop off. So you know, let's let's take the three the three attackers together, uh, and we can go in, in depth about them. But uh, uh, let's go for Murphy, ASM, and Isaac. I'm giving Murphy an eight. I'm giving ASM a nine, and I'm giving. Isaac uh, a nine. Murphy got the cr- cr- crosses in the box, played well. ASM, some, some nice moves and crosses in, uh, got the assist and he did, did work back as well uh, when he did lose the ball at one stage. Isaac was absolutely everywhere uh, and ran his stock off. So, uh, eight, nine and nine for me, for Murphy, ASM and Isaac. Martin, we'll go to you next. Uh, not too far off that. I think Murphy, um, I probably would have given him yeah, I think Murphy, a good nine. I thought he played well again, got some decent ball on. But I'm actually going to up that to nine and a half because anybody had seen him coming off at the end of the match and he was pointing to his watch as he walked past the Man United bench. So he gets an extra half point for that for me. Um, ASM, I thought, was um, good. And I am always often critical of ASM. Um, so I'm going to give him a nine. I thought he played well. He got the assist. He did track back. Um, and I thought he had one of his better games. He seems to like playing against the Manchester Reds. Um, but then for me, Isaac, as much as he didn't score, I thought his all-round game player, his pass into Bruno for the um, lob across and his just his general play, bringing others into it and his overall um, on the pitch, I'm going to give him a 10 and I'm also going to give him my man of the match because I thought he was top-notch again today and I think we are starting to see the value of that. So, he was unlucky not to score, but I think his overall play um, in that final third of the pitch, um, he gets my man of the match. There was a lot of people could have hit man of the match. It would be easy to give it to Willock um, and a few others, but I just thought, despite the fact the lad didn't score, I thought he was class today, world class. Nice one, nice one Martin. Makes sense. Chris, Murphy, ASM, Isaac. Um, I'll start with Isaac. Isaac got a nine half for me. I thought he was absolutely superb. Excellent, excellent. Your proper strikers display. Um, ran himself into the ground. Constantly, you know, constantly pressing De Gea and the centre backs. I thought he was great. Drifts out left, drifts out right. Absolutely brilliant. Um, just to add as well onto Willock, um, there was a moment, and I forget, I think it was Dan Byrne. He got caught out with possession, favoured up the pitch. Willick slots straight into left back. Excellent. Really, really good. I didn't mention that before. That was that was really nice to see. All the players do that, I know, but that, that particular moment, I just thought I thought that was really good. Um Maxi and I thought Maxi played really well today. Thought he um, you know, he, he really looked back to the Maxi of old. He was he was he was being very direct. He was running, running at Dallow. Um he was trying to stretch Man United's defence. And um, you could see he was bang up for it today. So, yeah, Maxi and nine. And Murphy, do you know what? I, I, I feel guilty giving anyone less than a nine um, because I, I can't really fault Murphy. Again, worked really hard. Um, lots of pressing. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give I'm gonna give Murphy a nine. Um, plenty of balls into the box. I just, I just think Murphy provides us with that balance. And do you know what? And this is no disrespect at all whatsoever to, to Miggy. But for me, the way Murphy's been playing and, you know, the fact that we see him on his right foot pinging crosses in constantly, I think that just shows, it. well, it shows me what we need going forward next season. 
Because imagine if we had a player of, you know, <laughs> that ability to be able to, you know, do all the defensive work, have that little bit of trickery, but he can also whip the ball in. I feel like if you could merge Miggy and Murphy, they'd be, it'd be a brilliant player. Um, Miggy offers something different. Murphy offers something different. But if we could get a player that could do both, I think I think we'd be on to a winner. Interesting. I know you weren't the biggest fan of Murphy, uh, uh, so but yeah, it just t- shows you that the the, the improvement that Eddie Howe is getting getting out of the, uh, our players, like and, and and it's it, Murphy's only one example. There's numerous examples uh, ever since Eddie has arrived. Richie, let's go for you and your your thoughts on Murphy, ASM, and his just Rich. Sorry, just before you start, because I got to shoot, lads. I'm going to go and pick the eldest up. Can I just add one thing? Overall game of thought today, we were class. But can I just give a shout out? I know we'll talk about the players, Eddie, everything else. Can I give a shout out to Jason Tyndall? Because I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, and he doesn't get mentioned enough at all um, alongside in that coaching team. I know Graham Jones is there and others, but I think we don't we don't really mention the fella too much. And uh, I think he takes or should take a lot of credit for where that team is along with Eddie Howe. So that's my part note. I'm going to scoop, boys. Everybody else, thanks for watching. Who's been watching us? I'll catch you during the week. Um, but Take care, Mark. Pick the other lads up. No worries. Chris, hope you get the two sorted out, mate. Cheers, fella. No worries. If not, I'll scotch you out. Hammer. <laughs> no worries. Right, good luck. See you there, Mark. See you later, boys. Good luck. Yeah, Take care, right. mate. See you later. Bye, bye, bye. Richie. Uh, I've got to echo the, what, the, the similar sort of uh, ratings to what Both the wingers, I've given them a nine. Uh, I thought they both had some fantastic play today. Uh, it's funny how I actually said on the, the show the other night that uh, even though we all thought Joe Linton would come in, I also threw a curveball at the end and said it wouldn't surprise me if ASM stayed and played because he always seemed to have his best games against the top six and he had another fantastic game today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the, you know, the assist, was, it's a fantastic assist uh, because... It's not often you you know you see him pulling the ball back, especially from that sort of point uh, place. But it was a fantastic header across. So and he, um, it was I think his second half performance. You know, took him from an eight to a nine. I think in the first half I was, and the commentators picked up on it. They said that he needs to go past Dallow. He needs to take him on the outside. He he, he kept stopping and trying to come back inside. And then in the second half he tried to go past him a lot more. And as, as soon as that happened, you could see. You know, there was Dallow just didn't fancy it one bit. Uh, and it, I think, you know, with uh, Wamba Saka uh, being ill today, I think that, you know, it proved they've got no strength and depth in that full back area at Man United and, and Maxi, you know, completely uh, capitalising that there. But uh, I've got to give Isaka 10 as well. I just think that that quality that he's delivering on a week to week basis recently has been fantastic. Um, it goes to show that, you know, people are saying, oh, 60 odd million from, is it too much or whatever? I tell you what, every, I think every Newcastle fan at the minute, the way he's been playing, um, at this moment in time, if he keeps on going like that, they'll just say, if we can find more players around 60 odd million, that his quality and capability every week, everyone would snap their hands off. Well, Joe Willock definitely agrees with you there. But um, <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> Pete, thanks for Pete. Your thoughts on Murphy, ASM, and Isaac? Um, Murphy for me gets a ten. Um, I thought he was outstanding today. Um, I'm I'm loving what he's what he's producing at the moment. I'm really enjoying his performances. I think he was brilliant. I was actually 
yeah, again, I was disappointed like I was against Forrest that he got took off because I thought <laughs> he's, 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 he's doing the business. He's, he's going up against a, an international left-back and actually leaving him for dead time and time again for me. Um, he is doing exactly what he should be doing. So I, I, I give him a 10. I thought Murphy was outstanding today. I thought he was really, really good for me. Just like Willick, I think he, it's, it, you can't drop him. He has to play. He's one, he's one of the names on the T-sheet that you go straight for because he, he is the example of if you work hard enough and you do the right things, um, you will get rewarded for it. Uh, we all had him out of the team. We said it last week. We all had him out of the team. We all wanted him sold. His contract's too long. Blah 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 blah. But you've got someone that is that's got a family that are from the from the area. That he is passionate and supports the club. He gives everything for the club. I look at that reaction when he got subbed off, and he's saying to the I can't remember the guy that he, he gets subbed off for. But he's saying to um, him, he's like, "Come on!" He's going, "Come on!" He's literally. He's geeing him up. He's getting him up for the game. Might have even been Gordon. Gordon, 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 yeah. But he was going mad and he's saying, come on, we need to go. The passion, the love that he has for this club and what it means to him to get someone like Jacob Murphy to perform to a level that he's playing regularly in a team that's fighting for the top four. No one would have ever had that. That's a book that's never been written. And he is proving that those type of dreams can become reality. And I, I love it. I love it when, when players prove people wrong. Uh, just like Wilson proved me wrong coming off the bench and scoring goals, Murphy's proved me wrong because he's putting top quality performances in. I mentioned on a, on a Man United podcast on Friday, I said he, he's, given me, he's given me Keith Gillespie vibes because what he's doing is keeping it very, very simple. Very simple to his game. You get the ball, you take on your man, you whip it into the box. It's ninety. It's nineteen nineties winger play. You go to any nineteen nineties winger, like to Keith Gillespie, like to Andre Kinchelski, those those classic wingers that just got the ball and just ran at their their fullback, whipped the ball in. That's what he's doing. But he's yeah. he's getting results from it. He's being successful on the back of it, and you cannot knock that. You cannot knock it whatsoever. For me, he was a ten today. He was brilliant, outstanding. Alexander Isak, 10. A perfect, complete striker's performance. Outstanding again. Um, all that was missing with the gold, if he'd have got the gold, he'd have got 11 or a 12. He'd have got man of the match for me. <laughs> the only thing, the reason why he didn't get man of the match. He is proving that this is the level of striker that we need at Newcastle United to take us to the next level. He has everything about his game. Um, and he looks like he is fully enjoying playing for Newcastle United. He's loving it. Loving every minute, and I'm loving every minute of watching him. It's just a pleasure to watch play football, um, and it'll get better and better and better. Um, one of the best pieces of investment I think we'll have made at Newcastle. It's a lot of money, but it will prove to be a massive and very, very popular investment. Um, and Alice at Maximin, I will give a 9.5 to. Um, I thought he ran Dallow ragged today. That if uh, I didn't realize that Wambasaka was ill and he wasn't able mm. to play, uh, but I think if they'd have had an opportunity, they would have pulled Dallow very early on in that game because he got destroyed time and time again. He didn't know what to do. He kept going down, thinking he was going down his left, and Maxi kept cutting on his right. Maxi could have walked away with three or four assists today. You think of the chances that Maxi created, 
the Longstaff one. There was another one for Longstaff that I think might have been just offside, but was headed just wide in the first half. He got the assist eventually for for Willock. I think there might have been one more that I can't think of top. He could, he could have had four assists today. And this is the thing. Uh, this is the sometimes this is the diluted factor of Alan St. Maxwell is that you know he does have games where he's poor. You guys know I was very, very critical of him against Nottingham Forest. He wasn't good enough. But there are games where his performances do deserve assists with the chances he creates, and sometimes he just doesn't get it. Um and he was very, very good. Very, very good. So 9.5 for me today. Um, excellent. And you know what? An inspired decision. By Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe deserves a lot of credit credit for that because we would have been more than comfortable with having Joe Linton start on that left hand side. I certainly was, but he puts Alice at Maxman in the team and he goes, you know what? I'm going to prove people wrong, and he did today. Fair play to him. Does that answer the the question that people were having about Maxi when he came off for half time? And people were saying, is it because of his performance? Yeah. Is it because of his slight, you know, in, injury or niggle? I think it does. I think it does. Like, I, I wasn't sure. I didn't know anything about that until after the game. So I was slating him at Forest, saying, you know, he hasn't done anything. What's the point of him being on the pitch? He needs to be sold. He need, not sold. He needs to be subbed at half-time. Um, people in, in, in the away end were saying he needs to be sold. But you go and put a performance in like that after two weeks rest, and Eddie Howe talks about hamstring strain, it makes sense why he didn't play that well against Forest, why he was limited in his ability. He wasn't limited today. He destroyed He destroyed their side time and time again. Brilliant. Cool. Right, before we take a look at the table, Chris, I think you wanted to ask a question. Yes. Um, so you'll remember, anybody who watched um, Away Days with Dan, uh, the Man United fan, we said that if Newcastle were to win today, that we would do a members giveaway. And true to our words, we are going to. So, um, Richie has kindly found a, well, an interesting question. Um, so, what we're going to do, Rich, I'll read the question out. Uh, and if you can just keep an eye on the chat, mate, and just let us know the first member who gets the question right, and then we can, we can announce the winner. So, this week's member's question is, um, Callum Wilson scored his eighth goal of the season today. What does that take his total uh, tally to in a tune shirt? So I'll repeat the question. Callum Wilson scored his eighth goal of the season today. What does that take his total tally to in a Newcastle shirt? Right. Well, everyone is thinking of that one. And this is not a quiz again. Let's look at the, the league table. Uh, here's a little snapshot. Uh, sneak preview. Uh, we're looking pretty uh, up in third, third spot. But let's look at the proper table. How do you like that? What do you think, lads? Um, sitting in third spot after 27 games of 50 points. We've already, I think, surpassed the last season's points total from a tweet I saw earlier today. Um, yeah, look at forget, obviously forget about first and second spot. That let them battle it out between themselves. Uh, Arsenal are looking looking uh, comfortable there though. Uh, but yeah, the, the battle for for Champions League spot now it doesn't matter what if we finish in third or fourth spot as as long as we try and finish in that Champions League spot. But we we are looking looking in a lot better uh, position now. Man United level on, on 50 points and play the same amount of games. We have a have a higher goal difference, so we've got a plus 22, while they have only a plus four. Spurs, who have played a game more and play Everton tomorrow, they're on 49 points. Brighton, who drew with 
Brentford there over the weekend. I think it was three all. Uh, they're they played twenty six and on forty three points. Brentford on uh, played twenty eight games and around forty three points. Then you go all the way down to eighth spot, and you'll find Liverpool, who didn't have a great weekend, uh, getting beaten by Man City. Played twenty seven uh, games on forty two points, and then Villa, who are trying to get into Europe, Fulham look to be kind of slipping away. But what do you think, lads? Um, Richie, get your thoughts on on the, the league table first. Uh, it's it couldn't have went more perfect uh, for us. Um, you know this weekend's results. Everybody below us slipped up. Uh, I think the only one that that's in that top ten that obviously could affect us potentially for European was Aston Villa. And to be fair, I think they're out of that Champions League equation anyway. They but they have put them back at themselves in the picture for the you know the Conference League. Um, but if you if you if you look at that, you know. Top, really puts the pressure on Tottenham tomorrow. Uh, it really, really does. Um, they, they've got a difficult game. Everton have got uh, defensively a little bit more sound now uh, under Daesh. So it'll be a difficult place to go to Goodison tomorrow. Um, but that's you know t- to play one more game than Brighton, and they've still got to come up here. And we've you know we've put seven points between us. Um, it's you know it's really really interesting and the fact that you know that all the results went our way it's just absolutely phenomenal that the teams who had the games and Hannah's slipped up badly yesterday um so it just makes that uh makes us ever so much better that, that you know we're looking at that there third place um it's we've said it all week it's ours to throw away and it's you know this weekend's cement that even more yeah you look you look at those last three results, you look at our last three results, all green ticks. But yeah. you look at you look down beyond Newcastle in third at the moment, that Manu, Tottenham, Brighton, they've all dropped points, massive points here and there. Like it's uh, it's re- only really Villa in ninth that have put any sort of decent form together that resembles anything like ours. Um and that fills me with confidence because you look at the likes of Liverpool and one or two others. Brighton have got some tough games coming up. Brentford, they come, we go to them, but they've got some other tough games coming up. Man United have just got a, a ridiculous, a ridiculous fixture list because they're still in the FA Cup. They're still in the Europa League. So they've got so many games. I think they have like nine games in, in April. I, just, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you, got, you guys think. Which, which team? Which team is worrying you the most at this present time? I don't know if Daz asked this before I came back. Which team is worrying you that could potentially spoil the party for us in this group of play, group of teams? For me, I think the only team mathematically that can stop us getting te- top four really is Brighton. For me, but. You know, you saw Brentford went there yesterday and they were fantastic against them yesterday. Um, you know, the, the, we know the Amex is a difficult place to go, um, but they've got a couple of St. James's. And if we make St. James's like we have today, like we did against, we have all season, like we did against Arsenal, they, if Man United can't stand a chance, um, Brighton won't either. It's it's up to us. And as I said earlier, it's in our hands now. And, you know, the people that have, you know, Yes, we've got to go to Brentford and we've got to go to Villa, but Brighton have got to come to us. Spurs have got to go to us as well. So all those teams that we it's in our own hands. As long as we don't drop points to them, you know, that, that top four place is ours. Other than um other than Man United, obviously, who I think are gonna finish in the top four, um the only other team that worry me still is Liverpool. 
only because I know, having experienced it over many, many, many years, they they can go on a freak run of results. Like I've I've seen it happen. I've wrote them off, and they they will just turn up and they'll just do it. Um, I think Brighton are probably going to fall short, but they've been brilliant this season. Um, you know, credit to them, credit to Brentford. I think Brighton and Brentford have been outstanding this season, but the the worry for me is Liverpool. I think Tottenham drop off. Um, I don't think I think Tottenham are going to struggle tomorrow night against Everton. Really do. Um, I see Tottenham dropping off, and as long as we can we can better or equal Liverpool's results, obviously we'll be fine. But yeah, Liverpool's the big worry for me because I, you know Liverpool could win the next ten games and no one would be gobsmacked because you look at the team they've got. They've, the likes of Roberto Firmino is the sixth choice forward player. The, the quality they've got is insane. It's just the fact that they can't defend, which is great to see. Before I answer that question, Pete, I'm going to go to Richie and they have a bit of breaking news with Richie on the winner of the competition. Yeah, obviously one of the things that we did say that uh, was a criteria, it was a member that had to say it at first and the correct answer was 28 and the winner of the £25 voucher is Brett C. Well done, Brett. Congratulations, Brett. Well done, mate. There were some other correct answers in the chat as well, weren't there? Yeah, there was about four came in, but Brett was the first one. Cool. Nice well fantastic. Done. Well done, Brett. Brett, drop me a DM and um, I will get that voucher over to you, mate. Congratulations. Richie, I know you have to drop off, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got to go as well. Sorry, boys. No worries. No hassle. No hassle. Uh, Enjoy the end of the show, lads, and uh, I'll speak to you in chat, lads. See no, everyone. No Take care, lads. See you later. Chat soon. Uh, Pete, I will answer your question now as well. Um, who, <laughs> who, who? I think I think the question was who worries you um, about like with in, in the mix for the top four. And I'm going I'm, I'm to say Spurs still. I know they've uh, Conte is gone now and they've got the system manager in for the rest of the season. But still, if he can get a tune out of them, you know they're still going to be. And we have to play them as well. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it it is it's most definitely in our own hands. Uh, but yeah, if they get. The, if he gets to get the tune on his spurs, you never know. Others are starting to slip away. Uh, I, 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 I'm not, I don't fear Liverpool now. Um, like, like we're, we're eight points ahead of them. Um, you know, uh, what who knows? It can change, but you no know, spurs. Uh, and for me, it doesn't matter if we finish in third or fourth, it doesn't matter. Uh, but that's the way. Who, what about you? Who worries you? Um, you know what. Up until this weekend, Brighton were the biggest worry for me. I agree with what Chris was saying. Another big worry. I, I honestly, I expected them to beat Brentford, and it surprised me, it shocked me that Brentford actually had very much the upper hand in that game. They kept going in front, and Brighton had to keep pegging them back. And it was great resilience from Brighton, but there was obviously clearly you know issues there, and it kind of it kind of made me think, you know, are they going to go on? a run where they're going to win the next 11, 12 um, games because they've only got a game land, so it might be only 13. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's, um, it's, you know, are they going to be able to do that? And they've got um, too many games, Pete. We talked about it in our, in our running show, and they have their FA Cup game as well. So yeah. 
it's very bunch of them. And April is is a, a, a marathon of, of uh, a month. Like there's so many games that, that are going on in April. Yeah. So so they were the ones for me. Liverpool were the ones. So to see them get absolutely smashed <laughs> by Man City was a was a dream, especially by the type of scoreline because it it knackered their um, goal difference because they were only a couple of goals behind us at one point, and now they've they've been hit they've been pushed back slightly. So. Great to see, but um, yeah, I mean, Tottenham are only a point behind us, but I'm not worried about them. Uh, Man United are not really, like, I'm not really thinking about them because I think it could be potentially us and Man United that finish in the yeah. top four. And so, if that's the case, like, look, I'll take, I'll take fourth there. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not we're not fighting for Man U for third. I, I, I take third or fourth. Like, give yeah. me either, like, and and we'll be quite on our way. Um, but yeah, Tottenham. Not really convinced about Brighton. That surprised me on Saturday. Brentford, not really. I think they they will drift. They'll have some good games where they look really good. They'll have some bad games like they lost to Everton away the other week. Like Liverpool, uh, they don't worry me at all. I, t- I just think they're so broken at the moment. Um, I, I just I just think that they're going to continue to have poor performance. I think their next two games are what Chelsea and Arsenal. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I don't know which order it is, but I think Chelsea and Arsenal are the next two games. Oh, for mm-hmm. Liverpool. Yeah, for Liverpool. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So if we get points, if we win, say for example, we win at West Ham on Wednesday and Brentford on Saturday, like we could be, but like, it could be a non-factor. Liverpool might uh, well, might well be a non-factor by then. By the by dream. Time. The dream for me, Pete, is we're over at the end of April for the Southampton game, and we 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 know where where uh, we're that 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 the result would would clinch us uh, for us. But let's see. Oh, that would be so. It's going to be some party already, but uh, it's that would be the icing on the cake. Pete, let's look at some questions because there's a few things Richie um, has highlighted here. Um, I'll go through them. I'll read them as they come up on screen. Um, First yeah, one from Scott is Joe Willock needs to be in the England squad. He's been unreal. Don't tell me he's not playing better than Jordan Henson or, or Conor Gallagher. I agree with that. Um, Conor Gallagher is getting some games. I did see him playing there for Chelsea the weekend uh, and uh, the, the Mudrick miss as well. But um, yeah, um, yeah, Joe Willock d- deserves a shot. I, I've only seen half that interview on Sky because I was grabbing pictures and getting things ready for the show here. But uh, I have to watch that watch that back. But uh um yeah I think you you we've agreed with that as well as, as we talked with you. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. It's uh, uh Colin Gallagher might be getting games for Chelsea, but neither him or the club are playing well. So yeah it means nothing really. Yeah. Uh, one from Lisa how how well did we control Rashford? By the way, he was a threat. Yeah, he was very quite all game. Um, you know, you, there was that danger when we went one 0 up. That okay, this is where Rashford will come back into it now. But no, it didn't happen. Definitely. Didn't happen. Uh, let's go for Mike, this one from Mike Gent. Question for the lads: Would you like to see Maxi stay on, especially if we get Champions League football? He can flourish on on this stage. Uh, I would, I would. I think we're asking the wrong few people there, because we, we, uh, but I, I would love to see Maxi stay. And uh, look, if if anyhow can can get get that level of performance out of him, uh, it's about, it's all about consistency though. And and then you know it it, it can lead to then he gets an injury and he's, he's out for a number of time and what while and then it takes him a while to get back up the consistency again. That's that's the, the problem. But if for we need we're going to need a bigger squad next year. 
he sounds like he wants to stay from from the quotes that that's uh, that's uh, coming out. Um, and the and the Newcastle wants him to stay as well. Uh, and he this, and he said something about that he had offers elsewhere. He could have gone in January. But your thoughts, Pete? Would you keep Maxi? Yeah, it was. Um, a lot of people took his comments as a negative. Like, I didn't. I took it as a positive. Like yeah. he he is like any other footballer. Like he wants to be wanted. And as long as the club and as long as the manager and as long as the players around him want him to be at the club and, he, and they and they enjoy being around him and they want him to stay, he's more than happy to stay. He loves Newcastle. You saw his reaction with him and Willock, you know, holding the badge. He was the first one kissing the badge to the Gallagher. He knows what it means to play for Newcastle United. He's shown that since the day he first came to this club. That is a non-factor. But... Do I see him staying at Newcastle? It depends on it depends on a number of things. It depends on, you know, is he going to be happy potentially playing a, a, a bench role next season or or a similar role that he's played to this season? Um, because if he's not consistent enough, he will find himself in this position where he's he's in and he's out, he's in and he's in and he's out. Is is he going to be happy playing that? Maybe he will be playing in Europe. He he'll get more minutes. Um, but he'll have suitors in the in in the in the summer window, and it's whether Newcastle turn around and go, you know what, it might be best for you to move on. And if they say that to him, he will move on. Would I would I be happy with him staying? I've got no issue with him staying, um, providing that he's fit and he's playing week in week out. I've got no issue with it whatsoever. Um, but I do believe that we will get another attacking forward, whether it's on the right or on the left, or can play both. So he's going to have competition. It will he it will be very competitive in there. Um, so he's going to have to step up or step aside. Um, it's one of those things. Uh, so a good performance today needs to back it up on Wednesday with another good performance. And he does normally like to play at West Ham. So hopefully he can put in another top performance. I don't know about you guys in the chat, and I don't know if you watched the game that has West Ham against Southampton. West Ham won. I don't think they were great at all. I thought they were shaky at times. They were very, very lucky to get that win. And they looked nervous. And you look at the way we play today, they're going to be absolutely crapping it with us going there on Wednesday night. Yeah, I only saw bits, uh, bits of it because this is myself and the little fella today. And I just thought uh, maybe uh, four hours of football might be a bit too much for two hours. So it was, it was just, just enough. Uh, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting here. One here from my... Michael Palmer, 400 likes, and you can pick a loaded lad to clean your house in any outfit of your choosing. Well, Richie highlighted this, so we're nominating Richie to do this <laughs> if, if, if we get 400 <laughs> likes. So hit that like button, and Richie will come to your house uh, and uh, see us <laughs> in whatever outfit you choose. Interesting, and I hope that comes true. Um, right, <laughs> let's move on. Um, there's a question. Yeah, go ahead and hear from Mike Gent. Um, he says, uh, I think Wilson will start on Wednesday. Would you start Wilson on Wednesday or would you go with Isaac, Pete? Nah, well, I'd go with Isaac. Um, we're chasing every point we can possibly get. So for this at this moment in time, we need to be getting points on the board. We've got three points today, a massive three points, but we, we can't enjoy this too long because we need to go Wednesday and win again. This means nothing if we don't go and beat West Ham with it you know, 14th in the table that were third from bottom before the beginning of play today. Like, we we, we should 
by all means, with the way we're playing, we should go there and create lots of chances and score goals. So we should be well within the chance of winning. But you're only going to do that with your best players on the pitch. And for me, Alexander Izak now is our starter. This is why I think they brought him off. They were going to bring him off earlier, but then we 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 really pressed them high. We ended up getting the goals, so they kept him on a little bit longer, but he was shattered by the end. They brought him off to rest him to make sure he's ready for Wednesday. He should start for me. He has to start because I think he will destroy West Ham defensive line if he plays. So, Hopefully. No Hopefully. Um, coming up, we'll tell you what's happening tomorrow as well. One to keep an eye on for a load if you're not going to miss that one. Uh-huh. Yes, there's a clue in that comments there, but uh, we'll get to it at the end. Um, right, yeah, I'm with you. I started Isaac as well, definitely. And it's great to see uh, that that um, Wilson can do a job now, be coming off the bench, and that 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 for me is is good enough to keep him for next year. Uh, if if he if he if he's happy to do that and come off the bench and try and start, he would start some games as well. But uh, yeah, he's he he has a future with us then for sure. Um, where was I going to go next? Uh, this one. Uh, yeah, so Michael Palmer. Shout out to Keith. Uh, says Stato. Uh, double Stato. He called the result in the way they show, and I quote: Newcastle would either win the game, draw it, or perhaps even lose it. That guy is a new mystic, Meg. Love it, love it. Thanks, Michael, for that one. Um, right, and next up is... Oh, yeah, this is the one I wanted to go to. Question for Pete. You can sign James Madison for 50, 60 million, and Leicester are manager list now at the moment, or you go for two players, Kevin Torham, or um, at least a similar amount of money. What do you have in there? <laughs> uh, James Madison. I thought that would be the answer. Um, yeah, James Madison. He, he just he will add so, so much to this team. He will make us a different type of team um, because he's not all action, running, pressing, all that sort of stuff. We'll, we'll develop that into his game, no doubt. But for me, James Madison will add that killer instinct, that delivery, that free kick specialism, that creative pass that that, that we love Bruno for. He can do that too. And he would just open up more chances and more abilities to score goals. Like I watched him at Palace when Leicester played Palace on Saturday. Um, he looked frustrated as hell because he's making movements and he's getting the ball and he's looking for balls and little passes in that their players have just got no idea what to do and where to move. And he, he, he looks so frustrated. Like he just, he just needs to move. He just—he's ready to move now. And like Martin, I think put in the chat earlier on today because of the links with um, Rogers moving and being sacked, and thinking that maybe that he affects it affects um, Madison moving club. Nah, Rogers going doesn't affect Madison moving club. He will still leave Leicester this season. Uh, at the end of this season, yeah. no doubt about it. It's just a case of who he goes to. Yeah. And Rano's going, yep, Madison not coming to Newcastle. He may well not, but he will certainly leave the club. But if I'm looking at a type of player that I would want at Newcastle United, it's going to affect us and, cre- and be more creative. Certainly if we're playing in Europe and the Premier League, Madison's the guy because his stats prove it season upon season. Or is the delay kicking in? I think it may well be. (laughs) 
move on. Let's go to long hair. Oh, ah, at least. Ah. <laughs> you just come back. It was like a really quick zip through, and you come back. So I don't know if you can hear me now. Oh, I'll go on. I'll, I'll carry on with the, the questions. One second. Uh, right. Okay. Right. Um, love it when they go um, at me for time wasting um, when they were doing it from the first minute. Yeah, honestly. Uh, can you hear me now, Daz? I think you might be there. I think you might be there, um, Daz. But um, the um, yeah, the, the 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 time wasting from from Man United. They did that on purpose. I think Daz will be back in a second. They 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 did that on purpose. They like I don't know if you guys and girls in the chat, if you'd seen or heard um, Ten Hag's comments before the game. He made a point, and he did it in the cup final as well, of making a point about our time wasting and the fact that we take long with, with making decisions and, and moving the ball. They went out of their way to do exactly the same. And they almost tried to annoy or piss off the fan base. But by doing that, it almost, and anyone in the chat that was there, and I, I know Lisa was at the game today, anyone at the chat will probably agree with this or maybe, maybe not. I felt that when they were time-wasting, it almost G'd up the fan base and it made us more reactive and it made us more supportive behind the players because they were trying to take the mick. Um, but what I loved more than anything after that is that when we went 2-0 up, we started doing the same, slowing everything down. We're taking our time, corners, free kicks, throw-ins, and just slowing everything down. It was almost like a two fingers up to Eric Ten Hag, the little whiny, moany little so-and-so. I'm not going to repeat what I was saying earlier on Twitter. But, um, yeah, he's an absolute clown. Absolute clown. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I loved it when we, when we, when we got it back. Um, when we got them back off the back of that one. Um, scoring the keeper has to be different to outfield. Um, keeper should start with 10 and be marked down. Um, yeah, well, look, I, David, I, I, think, I think that's a fair point. Um, but I just think marking a keeper down for not being busy, um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, if, if you're marking your players up like nines, eights for having a fantastic game and, and, and putting on a really good performance, but then you're marking a keeper down as a six because he's had nothing to do. For me, I think the keeper is part of the defensive line. And if he's been able to keep things ticking over from a solid defensive line, like the the likes of Botman and Shaw, here he is, he's back. Yeah. Like, like the, the likes of Botman and Shaw have been doing. Um, I just think I just think it's only fair to reward the keeper with positive points um, off the back of that because he's he's played a, a huge part, you know, whether it's clearances, whether it's collecting the ball, whether it's distribution on the back of mm. getting that clean sheet, a very valuable clean sheet, by the way. Dad, I'm just talking about David Smart's comments. Scoring the keeper has to be different to outfield. Keeper should start with a ten and be marked down. What what, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, like, look t- today, uh, like, as I was saying to my, my little boy when we were watching the, the game, uh, in that, um, you could you could have given everyone a ten today. You know, everyone was absolutely class. You know, but we're we're trying to trying to give individual ratings. And uh, I get I get what 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 David is saying there. But uh, Pope didn't have an awful lot to do. There's there's other games where Pope will be peppered with shots and making saves left, right, and center. And he he'll be he'll be the man of the match and uh, uh, get get a ten. Um, uh, but yeah, and the other thing with, with ratings, it's it's everyone has their own opinion. Opinion. Everyone will have a different different opinion. And you could you, you could watch the game back again and give different ratings uh, from from a yeah. second watch. You'll see other things in the game that you haven't picked up before. If you look at everyone's ratings from from all the journalist ratings, they're all different. Like some will go low, some will go very high. Everyone is different. You just have your own level. You can only really judge someone's ratings from their previous ratings. Uh, so if you look back at all our other ratings, you'll see there's a bit of there's a bit of consistency with them. I think uh, like Richie will, will never give a, a 0.5. Uh, he he, uh, he he said he's never going to do that, or is he going to get a tattoo? I think that's what he said. So I'm, I'm still trying to get him to, to do that um, mistakenly. But um, yeah, and I know Pete, you you also go high when we do really well, and you go low if we have a, a really low if. We have, if people have a shocker like what? isn't that, isn't that reality though uh, yeah. like, when we play class and we were outstanding today I I, I, I don't I don't know if I gave I might have gave Pope an eight point five that might that might be the lowest rating I don't think I gave anyone lower than a nine because yeah. it's just thought everyone was fucking class today they were. Like, they were and they deserve it and look we know when when we've been poor I think Bournemouth for example I think my my ratings were low. Um, maybe even for Man City, there were some ratings that were low because we didn't play well. We didn't, we didn't really play well, so I don't know. But everyone's different, and this is why we love doing the review because yeah, everyone's it, different. It makes it interesting, and again, the, the thing with the, with the ratings part, you get to play along at home, even if you're watching it back, you get you, you can play along. Oh, and you go, I wouldn't have given him that. Or I wouldn't have gone high or low. Yeah, it, it's a bit, it's a bit of fun. Uh, let's move on with the questions. Uh, I think we've we've kind of talked about this one already, David. About McCormick, can you say his name right? Um, yeah, I, I no, I, I was. I said the other day I was on the fence with him. He did, did really well for Scotland. He didn't really do much to, today. Uh, but as I also agree with what Martin was saying as well. As a squad player, if we got him for the right money, uh, then. Uh, it, I think Eddie Howe would get a tune out of him because uh, he he has a knack of doing that. Even if it takes a while, look at if you think about it as well. Uh, as I try to re- restart my camera because that seems to stop the bit of delay of the video. Uh, but he, if you start, remember back, Eddie Howe used to never play Miggy, and then we saw what Miggy has done uh, this year. Um, Murphy never got a look in. Now look at him. You know, Big Joe is another example. Char getting getting a tune out of Char where Bruce couldn't. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's, there's there's so many examples you you could go to. But um, would you have him, Pete? Um, no, I wouldn't. Um, just because I think there's so many other better options out there that probably cost cost a hell of a lot less. But I think the fact that he's linked tells you the type of player that maybe Eddie Howe is looking for. And it's not necessarily the type of player, but it's the it's, it's basically he's looking for British-based players. Uh, whether people agree or disagree with that, I don't know. 
I think he'll only go into the European market when he feels he has to. I think, you know, he'll go for 10, he'll go for um, like those type of, like whether it's a number 10, whether it's number eight, whether it's number six, if he can't find it in England. And he'll only go for those type of players then abroad. I think Bruno Gomez was kind of almost kind of forced on him because it's a player that we'd been watching before he came to the club. And so he went with it. And I think it, it speaks for itself. But I do believe that he likes his British players, um, British players that know the league, know how to play in the league. But he is going to have to develop, Eddie Howe, I mean, in, in mm. bringing in European players because... It's going to be in Europe. Exactly. If you're going to play in Europe and you're going to be fighting for titles, you're going to need the best players. And unfortunately for him, the best players are not always playing in England and are not always British. So it's one of those things. I think he made he a British list of players that he would like to sign, but I think he's also got a European list of players that he would like to sign. And I think it will be based on who he can get, how much it costs, and all those variables of whatever it makes makes sense. But would I have McTominay? Not really. But I can see why he's looking at him, <clears throat> what he could potentially bring to the, to the team. And as I said to you guys earlier, we all know Eddie Howe can make players better. So Yeah. Cool. Let's go to this one from Lisa. Just seen a picture on Twitter of how pointing grossly at Ten Hag was answering Sean to yes. And I saw uh, Eddie Howe saying, fuck off as well. Uh, you could you could you could clearly see that what you said. Uh, it was it was great. Just, it's usually that's that's uh, mad dog that didn't yeah, take all get get involved and all that. But yeah, no, he was he was getting stuck in. Uh, loved it. Um you see that bit that better? I did. Um and it was down to the fact that um, if I'm right in thinking, it was before it was before we went one 0 up. I could be wrong here, but it was the, it was down to the time wasting. Uh, sorry, it was no. It, in fact, it wasn't actually. It was when we were one either one 0 or two 0 up, and Ten Hag and the referee were no. Sorry, tell a lie. It was Pope. Pope was taking a goal kick. The referee went up to him. And had a conversation was basically like, I know what you're trying to do, hurry up the game. <laughs> and Eddie Howe goes to the, the fourth official and Ted Hogg and goes, What are you on about? Like you've been doing it literally all game. Like, and literally points it and, and kind of like points him out on the back of that. And I thought, you know what? Fair play, because you're absolutely right. Like, he's been calling us for the cup final and for this game in his presser about his time wasting. And all he did from minute one was do exactly that. And so, if anything, we've taught him a new trick. So, just thank us for it. Don't get mad at us and try and call us out in press conferences. Just thank us for doing your job for you, and that we picked up a you picked up a trick from our manager. Um, but yeah, I just think yeah, it was just typical. But Eric Ten Hag did that did that for a reason because he wanted to plant it in the referee's head that that's the type of team that we are. But he went and did exactly the same. But oh well, we got our own back because. We were one two nil up, and then we started just calming everything down and pissing them off, which was great <laughs> to see. Since you have the brand in your hand, we'll ask you this question, Pete: How much brandy can you get through in one sitting? <sighs> oh, so I have got through. <laughs> I've had mm, two and a bit brandies tonight, um, just on this show. Uh, obviously, as soon as the show finishes, like that's done. 
Like, I, I don't have a brand new when I'm on, when I'm on the show with you guys. Um, just to enjoy the, the show and everything around it. But, um, yeah, I, I, if you're asking me what, what I got through on a four-hour show that I did for a week, <laughs> a year or so ago, I can't even tell you. Like, the bottle, bottles were empty. That's all I'll say, but... Um, yeah. That's why that's why we, we never do a show that's like shorter than two hours. And originally, when we started doing these review shows, they were going to be 30 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> right. You think we get through this in 30 minutes? No, not a hope. Not a hope. Uh, not a hope at all, Pete. Um, let's go this one from, from Yano. Soon ago for Lavia from uh, Southampton Moor. Didn't he come from Man City? Didn't, he, didn't Man City? And they have an option to take him back. Is that the same pair? I'm thinking. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, if I'm right, I'm thinking he's only on loan. Ah. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, no. Fair enough. No. Uh, they buy him. I thought uh, the, they uh, might have bought him actually. Yeah. I, yeah. They might have bought him actually. Yeah. I think yeah, they might have yeah. bought him. I'm not. I'm, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, five year contract. Yeah, bought him on this five year five year contract in July, last July. Um, yeah, and he came originally from uh, Anderlecht, youth career at Anderlecht. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, an option. Option also going to look at. Uh, last question, Pete, before we want to give a shout out to what's coming and what's sponsors with the news uh, with Rogers leaving, would and potentially that they they could get relegated. Would you go for any of their players? I'm thinking Harvey Barnes here. We know, obviously, no Madison as well. Um, anyone else? That, uh, Will Tillman's, uh, but I think he'll, he'll probably go somewhere else now. But uh, you haven't anyone else from Leicester? Um, you know what? I would have maybe a year and a half ago said Wilfred and Didi. Um, because I thought him in midfield was he would have been really good as our number six, but he's just fallen off a cliff. He's fallen off the edge of a cliff in terms of his performances, and I've got no idea why. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were close to signing Wilfred Ndidi when Leicester signed for 10 million, um, from a Belgian team, and um, I was gutted to lose out on him because I'd watched him a little bit and thought he was a top player, but. Last year or so, he's just fallen. He's fallen off big time. So he would have been the only real alternative um, that I decided. I, w- I would have even thrown Pats and Dacker into that because I was like, <laughs> "How have Leicester signed him when they picked him up?" But he has just not adapted to English <clears throat> football at all. He's got some goals here and there, but not really. Yano I mean, no. to put Castagna in there. Castagna came with huge pedigree, but he just hasn't done the business. Yeah, he has been distinctly average at times, whether it's on the left or the right. Um, Jewsby Hall, not too bad, um, not too bad, but uh, it goes back to the point. I think we can attract better better at Newcastle, but for me, it would be any one of those three, um, you know, Harvey Barnes, Madison, Tillemans. I think any one of those three make us us better. If like. If Eddie Howe sees, sees something special in in any of them, uh, any any of the others as well, you know he, we know that he could make, get the best out of them. But um, that is it on the question front. Just to give, let's give a shout out to the sponsors and tell you what's coming then. Uh, so shout out to RadiatorShed.com as we put ourselves in jail this time. Uh, yeah, so you know already what's available via Rust. 
here's Russ, Callum Wilson, getting them back on, on, on form again. But uh, yeah, radiators in a variety of different colors, shades, whatever you're having yourself. Contact the radiatorshed.com and Russ will sort you out. Even mention Loaded and he will give you a discount. He was indicating that to me in an email. I have to get, get the full details of that. Uh, but yeah, and he'll come in the Loaded van and then he'll install them for you as well. Uh, we then install work. So get on to Russ. He will sort you out. He is a busy man these days. We don't even see him in the chat. He's so busy because he is up the walls with uh, orders flying left, right, and center. So you know it's quality stuff. Also, a shout out to H2O Bathroom Design Co., the Northeast's largest supplier of Velcro and Botch bathroomware. Team Valley Gateshead, over 20 years established, run by the family. Get down to the showroom on 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate Gateshead. So, yep, yeah, uh, you need to check out the, the, get down to the showroom, really, I suppose, and, and just see what, what the, what, uh, the latest, uh, greatest is there. But, yeah. What we have in the pictures here ain't bad, I'd say. So uh, you need to go check that out. That's a shout out to our sponsors. And then uh, what is coming next? So tomorrow, 7.30, a big one. What have we got, Pete? Uh, and in, in your best Geordie Jamaican accent, talk us through this one. <laughs> I'm not doing the Jamaican accent, but i tell you what, the guy on the screen will, because uh, he loves it. Um we have away days, an early edition of away days coming back. So we're straight into the next the next game because it's on Wednesday. Um, and we are delighted to welcome back Dan Lawless from West Ham Fans TV. Um, he'll be coming on to talk all things uh, West Ham against Newcastle. Uh, I want to I I know what his feelings are actually about this game because, you know, like I say, he they weren't convincing today. So I want to know how he's feeling going into this game and you know how confident he might be. So it'll be a really, really good chat. Looking forward to getting uh, into the game with him. Um, uh, yeah, get your questions in. Come and join the chat. Get your questions in um, for all things West Ham and, and, and get your opinions uh, in the chat, as always, the, the chat is always superb for away days. So um looking forward to, to, to talking to him about this. Uh, starting at uh, 7.30. Um, yeah, so don't be late. We'll be, we'll be cracking um, uh, all things, like I say, Newcastle. And uh, you know what? I've got to be honest, Daz. I can't wait for this game. I, I'm, I'm feeling confident again. <laughs> feeling confident. I really yes, am. yes. And tomorrow, the, the, the code name on this one is Stop. Hammer time. Yeah. Um, right. Let's let's go with that one. That one should be good on tomorrow with Dan. Oh, and actually, on screen, like he he pisses everyone off. Off screen, he is the nicest guy. Uh, actually, he's, uh, the show the other night, he spent an hour chatting with us, uh, trying to help us out. The top top lad, um, Dan Lawless. Right after that, then on Thursday we all, we're going to have um, after the game on Wednesday we're going to have a reaction show um, on on the Thursday. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, may chop and change the time, but it is open the system already. Uh, I think uh, so. Yeah, that is coming up on Thursday. So a packed week uh, ahead for us, Pete. Uh, again, as always, un- unloaded. But uh, great show tonight. Great to have all five of us on from the start. Didn't uh, we didn't get to stay in the full show, but that's that's uh, a bonus that that we got got to all start together but uh what what a win uh it's we don't get these wins against man united too often so we we have to enjoy them so uh thanks everyone who joined us tonight and we will talk to you soon how'd you like that